right? Okay. How is humanity saved if it's not allowed to evolve? And now, now, evolving with Corey Castle. What is evolution? Starring Corey Castle. Evolution. It's a thing. It's not a debate. Due to illness tonight, the part of Corey Castle will be played by Corey Castle. Humans are evolving too, right now. And now, please welcome Corey Castle. Hello, hello, welcome. Thank you once again for joining me for Evolving with Corey Castle. I am Corey Castle, and this is episode number 29 of Evolving with Corey Castle. And uh, I just wanted to say, man, I've, I've been having a really good time hearing back some of the good feedback from some previous episodes. And uh, I mean, there's, <clears throat> there's 28 of them up there already. I mean... Besides, you know, tonight they'll be twenty nine. But, 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 uh, if you listen to the older ones, they kind of weren't as good as the newer ones because I'm evolving. That's the point of this whole thing. The point is I'm becoming better at doing this, and uh, I'm enjoying it so so much. And today I have a guest in the studio with me, somebody who's been on the wrestling podcast that we have, um, that we have, uh, and. He's a he's a very lovely man, stand-up comedian. Very in my eyes, you're a superstar. This is Chris Chris that. Cotton. I truly appreciate those statements. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? In, in a lot of people's eyes, I'm a superstar. They should just tell a friend. That's what. I t- <laughs> no, <laughs> share my stuff. <laughs> I mean, maybe tell, tell a friend. Uh, right. Don't keep me a secret. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean that, that's part of the uh, that's part of the uh, the process. Why we're grinding, man? Why we're still doing it? Yeah. It's it's a it's a hard it's the harsh reality of the business of uh, people being fans, mm-hmm. and then you'd be like, well, uh, I need more fans, <laughs> and then one day you wake up, you say, ah, I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you get you get to the point where you're sort of over it sometimes. Yeah. And I mean, like, I I got I kind of got that way when it came to doing stand up, yeah. but I mean, you know, it's weird. Was like when I had when I had Jack Martin in here. And he was talking about being overdoing stand up, and I was like, "No way, dude! No, no!" And I didn't want to like let him say it, but like, the, since I've had that talk with him, and like since I've gone on a couple times since then, and have bombed, I would just be like, "All right, I'm. I don't know. If, I don't know if comedy's for me. Although I love comedy just as much as I love wrestling, if not like a different kind of even more passion." Towards stand-up comedy because stand-up comedy can like help so many people get through so many things. Mm-hmm. Like I was just talking about something today regarding last week, last week uh, on in here, talking about like the depression and stuff, and then talking about how like stand-up com- just watching stand-up comedy or like being involved in stand-up comedy like gets you through some of that stuff. Like, yeah. But being being a comic, <laughs> being a comic just keeps you depressed. Yes. Uh, or for the listeners who are uh, wrestling fans, I'll compare myself to. Uh, this is going to sound. Uh, I'm more of a Bret Hart emotionally. You know what I mean? So, so no, no, as a as a deep fan, you kind of understand that. I think statement mm-hmm. is like I'm really good at what I do, uh, but I'm in the building years of Bret Hart, where mm-hmm. no one cared. 
You know what I mean? Well, have how good you are because you might you're a technician. Technicians aren't fun aren't fun to watch come up. They're like, oh, this is you're really talented. That guy got his dick out on stage, and it's like and run, you're like, well, but, but I'm doing. I'm a well, that's a, that's a hack, man. That's a, that's a that's a real shortcut to something. Um, for, you know? for people who don't know Bret Hart, I'm more. Of, I'll be close to a Kurt Angle. Then. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is. It is a hack. It's, it sucks, but I mean, how does it? I don't. I don't know how to how to approach this because like there's there's guys I can watch them and I'm like, okay, you're funny, but like mm-hmm. you're not longevity funny. Yeah. You're funny because you think something like you're doing something that's funny. You found something at a moment. You found a right, moment, right? Yeah, and there's got to be, there's got to be a voice that continues to speak. Yeah, and there's no longevity in a voice that just says, "Right? Am I right? Huh? <laughs> Where y'all at? Let me make some noise for you, ladies." <laughs> nah, yeah, dude. I, I was a uh, when I first started. When I first looked at even being a comic, that's one thing I didn't want to become is a moment. But then when I realized, I talked to my dad about it, and I was like, we were talking, and one of the things he said, you got to realize, if you're not going to be a moment, you're going to have a long time before you become maybe a discussion. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, that's, uh, it's easier said than done. It's a hard pill to swallow for those who who don't want to become a moment, you know, until you decide as a long-term discussion to create a moment. Well, you know what I like? I tried, and I, I probably put this in, in my head a lot when it came to either like the storylines in wrestling or like this podcast. Like like if you listen, like you've been on the wrestling podcast, the mm-hmm. uh, Wrestle Rock that we do, it's like when you listen to it, it's only talking about what's going on right then. Yeah. So it's very like, oh, here's the current events going on. But then the second that that's over, like if you listen to it two weeks later, it doesn't mean shit. Yeah. But if you listen to it, you listen to it, if you listen to this two weeks from now, It'll be cool still. Yes. Like it, it it's just, just like um timeless. I want it to be, I want it almost anything I do to be timeless. That's that's my mindset of writing jokes. Even if I'm writing about a moment, I try to find a way to make it a, a time capsule mm-hmm. moment and not just say like you know what I mean? Like if you open up a time capsule and you see a, a, a slap uh, bracelet in it's there. Like, you'll be like, "Oh, that was a good moment," but you'll still, you'll feel the same happiness right, right. of when you first seen it. And then if anybody else is like, "What the heck is this?" A kid, right. oh, it was a slap bracelet. It's a bracelet you could slap on, right. and you even had fun re-explaining that moment too, right, right, right. because it was such a. But if they found it without somebody who understood what it was, exactly. You know what I mean, now for me, when I write jokes, I try to write it from a lot of different perspectives all at once, so somebody who never was in that moment or never was in that time frame, can kind of go back and say, I want to learn more. Or I use examples a lot of times. It's the same way when we just was talking, how I said, right, right. Yeah, I, I did a refer- reference to Bret Hart, and I did a bref- reference to Kurt, Kurt Angle. Right. For some of your listeners, they might be like, oh, this guy's funny. I wonder if, how, what type of comedy is he? That was just a way to cross, the, uh, to, to bridge right, a gap. Right, you know right, what right, I mean? Right. Yeah. And I try to do that with almost everything I do in the same way. Make, make moments teachable moments. Yes, I like to... Everybody learns something about everybody, you know. The, I I felt that way about about doing stand up as well, and I thought about doing like I also didn't want to like push the I didn't want to push the parts that like make me look like an asshole, and I think that that was mm-hmm. what like well, like I came off that like that was the character that I developed, but mm-hmm. that's not my voice. So I feel like that's probably why I'm not enjoying it, and I'm not doing it enough for it to matter. But I felt like. When I finally started doing this, and then I got back on stage to do stand up, 
I wasn't I was that wasn't my voice. This mm-hmm. here right now in the studio voice. is my voice. <laughs> but my voice on stage is like, oh, and then I said, there's my side piece. And I'm very much like, I'm, I'm not like that. I've never had a side piece. Like, I, I'm not that guy. But I just thought it was believable or something. Like, I could make, I could get a joke out of it. You know you, what I mean? You get a laugh. Yeah. And that is sort of a hack thing. Like, to like put to, like, I'm playing a character or something. My thing, I'm, uh, my thing to this day, which is a, a, a detriment and, and, and a, and it's, it's a talent, right? I see things like in, in the moments now, if I wanted to go up on stage and do 20 minutes on what where the state of America is, I wouldn't do it from the point of view of, I don't like Trump. You don't like Trump, right? Yay! I wouldn't do that. I would literally talk about how things are affecting us from, from a social standpoint, politically, and what's going on, and how things haven't changed since day one, and all that. Other. I would go on into these deep things and talk about it, and I would make it funny. And... Because that's just what I was gifted to do, talk about really deep stuff mm-hmm. and, ref- and somehow turn it into a dick joke. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm really good at. Like, it, even, I mean, it's bigger than that. You know what I mean? But Dude, that's well, the you're, you're bit, shit. Your bit about the, 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 the bits, I don't know how they interchanged with each other, mm-hmm. but it was something you did, something about like, Somebody, somebody tried to fight with you, and you just get naked or something. Oh, the, na- oh, the naked fighting <laughs> joke. Yeah, that was. And then I said, I would get. We start fighting, and I said, uh, I would get. I would take off all my clothes, and I would fold them up in the side, so they know that this happened on purpose. Like I didn't do this by accident. And then because I said you can't, because basically what the whole bit was you can't fight a naked guy because there's no winning or like you lose no matter what. Right, For fighting right. a naked guy, you lose, and for the fact that. Uh, if the nigga guy beats you up, you lose. You right, know what I mean? Right, but you right. really can't. But it's just a, it's the, it was a goofy thing of, of really trying to, it was just breaking down bravado. Because at the end of the day, like at that time in my life, I was coming out of that portion of my life when I was just not being super, like ready to fight all the yeah, time. Yeah. I was done with it. I, I was done with re- being ready to fight. I, I've I've become that in the last couple of years where I'm like, I'm like I, I, I'm stop. I'm ready to stop being so offended by shit, and like my <laughs> ego gets damaged all the time. Back and back then, like people, and I think being a stand-up comic, like you, you just are. You're like constantly a fragile ego walking around. Oh man! <laughs> well, you know, you know, it's crazy. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't. I have. Uh, I would say right now, I have a few different sides to me. Right that. Uh, my wife says I'm definitely bipolar, but I'm not. Not to the point where it's like a negative bipolar, but emotionally, mm-hmm. I do shift really hard, right? Because of, I guess, my upbringing. And I'm trying to really, I'm trying to meld those person, those emotional personalities together mm-hmm. more and more every day. Okay, right now, I have a thing where I go into artistic Chris, where he is very like, hey, man, everything's good, man. You know what I mean? Like, like oh, that's your art. Dude, explore it, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> Money. Oh, we should just go back. And this is what I say all the time. We should just go back to the barter system. But I'm not going to argue with that. But I'm like, yo, man, money does not matter. You can get it all. And you can. You can get everything you need without money. Yeah. Then I have capitalist Chris, mm-hmm. which is a dick. In my, in my eyes, he just doesn't care about people for real. He goes to the point where it's like, I have to make... If I have to make $50, I would just make $50. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For half a second, I have to not care about the art side and and it's a hard person to meld together. Yeah, that's a that's a very thin weird line to walk on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but uh 
I think I'm more on the artist Chris side. Oh no, that's it's a nice uh, that's a nice place. I, to I be, really bro. really hate money, and I don't like that. I agree with you. I don't like what it does to people, man. <laughs> like the, <laughs> people are people turn so evil on everybody. You know, and the people they love, they like sell out sell out their own mothers. Oh yeah, it's ugly. Money is uh, the love of money is truly the root of a lot of evil, if not all. But I. You know what? When I was a kid, I, I I had like a family member who was a piece of crap for money, right? So I grew up hating money. I was really good at me. I was a, I was built in with this hustling gene that I could not know how to just get stuff done. I know how to get it for free, and then I know how to flip it, and I could sell it, and I would make money somehow, right? Now, I wouldn't. I it wouldn't be in a a negative way, but. It was also one of the things where I was so good at doing that. One day I just said, I don't want to make money. So well, my career at one point, it started opening up really fast. Mm-hmm. And I had the opportunity to start making money, and I got scared. And this is the truest statement I'm going to tell you. I, I got terrified about making money because I was scared that I wouldn't be able to keep my friends. I was scared that I would have to that family would turn different. I wasn't scared of what money would do to me. I was scared of what money would do to everybody around me. So, yeah. And I really liked the people around me at the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to lose them at that moment. <laughs> you know what I mean, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to keep them. Even though I knew some of them were horrible people right, who, yeah. in, a, in a few years, I wouldn't talk to them anyway and yeah, all that yeah. stuff. But at that moment, I was like, I'm happy where I'm at. And uh, and I don't regret that because I still have a lot of great memories with even some people who I don't talk to now. Right. Well, and, like I think the <clears throat> the thing is, like every, every si- single piece of the story up to this point makes you the guy you are sitting right here. Yeah. So I mean, like, if you if you hadn't if you hadn't ducked the success and the fame, then you wouldn't be as ready for the fame and success that would come. Exactly, and and I and I feel like the people who are around me now, I want to be. They can handle. They know that I I have no change in me, mm-hmm. because as much as funny, no no money came, and no. It's no fame in front of the cameras happened, but behind the cameras, a lot of people realize, oh, I know like everybody, and I'm cool with like everybody, and I, I've been invited to events that people can't buy tickets to. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I'm sitting next to people like that people want to meet, and they call me by when I see them, it's like, hi, Chris, and I'm like. Everybody wants to meet you, and you say hi to me first. It's very, and it's a very crazy thing, and I also realized that it's like. I didn't change, and I'm happy that that was a thing that didn't happen. I didn't change, yeah. and the people around me are so used to me being out and knowing people that now they I don't believe that they will change, and if they do, I can be like ah right, come come on cut it out, and they'll be like yeah you're right, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like so I'm happy now. It's, it's sometimes it's sometimes about like being accountable and you using that accountability to hold people accountable oh yes and yeah. I, and that is I'm, I'm totally seeing that in, in your in your in your inner circle if somebody were to to not be able to handle what you had mm-hmm. and be like come on bro you know yeah like, like I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I i very rarely have to have to call anybody on like come on come on yeah. come on come but, on bro <laughs> <laughs> you really gonna do that right now you really gonna act like that come on man. it is what it is yeah, I mean, he. It's 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 funny. Like you didn't think I didn't think that I'd never seen famous people as famous people mm-hmm. since I was. Like, it's just a weird. I don't know how it happened. It's just some thing inside of me where I believe that you're a person who has a talent. Mm-hmm. I'm a person who has a talent. But then I also, in in thinking that way, as I've gotten older, I realized that 
and this is going. I don't want to sound it stu- stuck like very like egotistical at all. Oh man, I'm, but I'm, I'm probably no, thinking exactly what uh, you're going to say. It's like when you really do have talents, you're really gifted to do stuff. Mm-hmm. The reason why you don't see them as super talented, out of reach, out of touch people because you, in your core, you have the same thing they have. Mm-hmm. So you see yourself as a peer, mm-hmm. but not as an equal in the sense of like, well, I'm where you are. You see right. yourself as a right, peer right. that internally we're the same person. Mm-hmm. So when we talk, it's, so when I talk to, if I, when I bump into a, uh, when, when I bumped into a, a burr, we right. just, eventually after I was over that half a second of, this is, he's my favorite comic now since mm-hmm. Patrice died. Mm-hmm. But when I bumped into him, I just talked to him. Right. You know what I mean? And, and then when we start talking, at, when we start talking anything comedy oriented, he realizes that you're not talking to a, a fan of comedy. You're talking to somebody who lives and breathes it, and it's something that's, it's my uh, all spark, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like yeah, I'm, I want to just act like this is some surface level thing I do. I want to act like if it goes under, I don't care. But I know in my heart to hearts, the way I can break down a joke is not the same way somebody else to see, sees it because I've had conversation with some of those hack comics and try to talk to them about a joke mm-hmm. and they like what what do you mean hold on what do you mean mm-hmm. that joke has nothing to do with the joke the joke the joke is the joke no i'm like no what well, has nothing to do with the joke what it has something to do is is with the way that the, the society is broken down and and they're like what are you talking they look at me like i'm crazy <laughs> but then but then you have a conversation with one of the best joke wise one of the uh talking discussing jokes one of the funnest conversations i had uh, conversations I have with people is when I did talk to Artie a lot. Mm-hmm. Me and Artie, the way we've seen jokes, he's a fucking genius, dude. Like, there's certain people who are geniuses. Mm-hmm. He's a genius. He has his own hangups, but other than that, he's a genius. Colin Quinn, genius. Oh, yeah, I love Colin. Bill Burt, genius. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Keith Robinson, he's a genius so, when it comes so to good. these Sharp, people. Sharp attack. Dude, and I'm sitting here, and in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I can talk to them about. But then when I start talking to him, I keep up with the conversation. Mm-hmm. At moments, the conversation is coming through me. And then I, and at that point, I remember Keith, because that's, that's like he's one of my biggest mentors in this. Uh, he literally put me in like, you, like, he's like, you'll be great and you'll be cool because your brain works like some of the people who did Huge things. Yeah. So you just have to get out of your own way, which what all of us are. Yeah, yeah. And, and all artistic. The time. But get I mean, out of your own way, Not even just bro. artistic people, yeah. but everybody. Oh yeah, get out of your own way. <laughs> because you you learn this shit. Like you learn, you learn like this one's out for me. This one's out. Mm-hmm. Like, and you build people up like they're enemies, and they're not even your enemy. Yeah. Your enemy's just your subconscious that's telling you that this sucks over here, that sucks over here, mm-hmm. and it's complaints. And it's like putting yourself in a place to not bring better things to your life it's because it's like, man. like you're gonna get what you deserve, man. And if you think that you really deserve, like this person holding you down, that person holding you down, and me not being in the right place in the right time, like all of that, I mean, that's gonna, that's gonna uh, really, b- b- it's gonna lay the bricks. I tell people, uh, new thing, build that them. wall. <laughs> Yeah, I tell people the biggest thing that I tell them, uh, young artists, that you just got to get into this industry. I said, there is no industry. There is no industry. You are your, literally everybody is their own industry. Yeah. And if you don't, if you, when, until you truly comprehend that, you will never 
break into the quote unquote industry because there are now the difference is there is a circle of people who work together because they all have they are like minded and they and they make money off of each other so they've created a group if, uh, and some people say well that's the same thing as industry it's similar in the sense of yeah they're a big group and they are a part of an industry hmm. but no one is keeping you out of an industry if you really look at it you can, can create your own industry all he did was find a all everybody does basically is if you don't have a friend you pay somebody to do something that your friend can do or a person that you know is really talented can do and you say yo go make 15 calls a day for me and they say well we're friends I'll do that and anybody can truly do that with work ethic what's, what's that thing what's the weird thing is like not every single look there's enough good to go around not yes. every single person wants the same exact thing exactly and not every single person can like there's a different. There's a role for everybody, mm-hmm. and like, you know, like think about like mo- the your life being this movie. Mm-hmm. You're casting roles of all different shapes and sizes and colors and religions. Well, not not in New Hollywood. You you make a movie about Asia and you make sure it's full of white guys. That's what you. <laughs> the, the last samurai has to be someone nice and white, so that way they can save him. But he's <laughs> got he's got a beard though. <laughs> no, but no, I agree with you. I agree with that. I believe that there are there's space for everybody. Um, stop running to to the quote unquote money and realize that you can build whatever you want right in front of you. You have to be willing to to help people, and and helping people doesn't always mean here here's some money to do a job. Helping people could also be giving them a chance to do the job. Right. And and they say, well, I won't even take payment. I have a day job. I'll just do this on the side for you. Man, do you know how many people in Hollywood that is their story? Me and my friend were just so broke at a certain point that he started making calls for me. He started doing it. It's literally Entourage gave you the as cheesy as that show is. It gave you the breakdown of what what Hollywood truly is. It's mm-hmm. a it's a group of friends who one of them is extremely talented and the rest might be adequately talented. Yeah, and yeah. they realize that okay, let's make sure that the extremely talented one gets pushed first because he has the it. Well, we have other its. And let's use those other its to push his it until our its can can get through too. Uh, I, I always had this conversation with my friend Anthony, and I actually had him on here, and we might have talked about it when he was in here. And I was saying, like, like you look look at your at your making it, your quote unquote making it, mm-hmm. and you go, I have my friends who I'll come back for. Yes, I have my friends who I'll get there with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's it's weird to think about like, well, like stop trying to think about get getting there and kind of be there yes right like <laughs> yeah. it's like uh, you know life is short man people the the best thing was i remember i was uh when i before before i got into the car accident right, i was literally what some people would say is there i was literally right there right there mm-hmm. right I, in, in their minds right so and then something, uh, I would say a week before I got into correction, me and my wife was was talking. And I, this is when I was staying in New York. I was there five to six days a week. Still have a house in Philadelphia. I'm in New York f- four to six days a week, right? And I'm sitting there, and some people would say, Chris, you were sleeping on couches getting more than people who live there. I was I was just hanging out. I was, and when the hot party came to the city, if Chappelle's in the city, I was in that after party. I was at the show. I was in the mix completely. And I was completely unhappy, right? Mm-hmm. And 
Because some people say, well, why? I literally just couldn't go home and go to sleep with my wife. Mm. One of the it's most depressing things. Jake the Snake Roberts. Yes, I guess, yeah. <laughs> in the, yeah, in, the, in which he was my favorite growing yeah. up. Uh, him and Sting were my favorite yeah. when I was a kid. But uh, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, are you serious? And then my, a week before I got him, my, my wife was like, I want you to come back home. And I said, okay. Uh, and I told her, I said, I'm going to need two more years after that to figure out how to build a career out of Philadelphia again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. at the time, I've been gone at that point for like five, almost five years, a solid five years, oh, gone so much that I just had no income stand-up-wise coming in from Philadelphia. Right, 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 it was right, all right. from New York. Uh, and after the car, I, I literally, it was funny, I was... On my way before I got in a car accident, right? Because I I don't know if you want me to do you want it? Do you want to hear about this? I absolutely want to hear right. about it. Yeah. All right. So okay, I didn't the, I didn't even know anything about this car accident. So. Yeah. So that's how, that's how my hand my hand got crushed in in the car accident and uh, it, got, it was crushed and what they call uh, uh, but basically the top got open. It was like a little drop top. But this whole back nothing happened. Mm-hmm. So full feeling. This right here I still have. It's like it's it's full feeling, but it's like weird because they had a. Oh, is take, that is that why you were wearing the that yeah? Glove? Because it was yeah, it was all healing up. You? It okay. was that was just almost two years ago. I didn't. I did. I thought you were just like being emo or something. No, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't. Chris Cotton wears a glove now. Yeah, it is what it is. You know what I mean? But I uh, so I woke up this this day, or I go, and it's like. A week before that, I said to my wife, "All right, well, if, honestly, it was like a month or so we had a discussion. But the week before, she really harped on it again. And I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm, I'm done going to New York then. Mm-hmm. She was like, cool. And, and it wasn't like she whined at me. It was legit feelings and emotions. And I always told her, if you come to me with legit feelings and emotions, I'm not going to downgrade them because they don't match my emotions. Right, That's right, right. part of being married. Yeah, it's a 50-50. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it sucks so much sometimes. Yeah. But because my, my career at that point, like I said, it was really blossoming. Mm-hmm. To becoming one of those people in the background who was like writing on stuff and doing all this stuff, and I was like, "Oh, it's, it's looking good now." And she was like, oh, "I want you to I, like. I'm tired of you not being home. Like, I want, I want a husband." And I was like, "What, man? We married?" And then my mind, but then now, of course, looking looking back on it, I was definitely not a husband. I wasn't a bad husband. I just wasn't around. You know what I mean? Uh, Absentee, yeah, very absentee. Huh? I was like the dad who, when I'm there, it's like dad's home, Woo-hoo! but then when he's gone, it's like, uh, yeah, this is back to normal now, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And it sucks. So, for her, and I can understand well, what's her job, she's a nurse. See, okay, so she, dude, that that's gotta be that's gotta be stressful enough, and then. To come home and have your husband not be there, like we had the cat. I mean, Sassy is a nice cat. <laughs> the cat was there. Uh, she's very attentive to your needs. She will walk in, rub your legs. You know what I mean? She's hopping the bed, force you to rub her. You know what I mean? She was a good cat. She's a good cat. Uh, <laughs> it's not equal. It's not equal at all. No, all right. No. <laughs> But no, yeah, I, I, I understand. I didn't yeah. that's why when she said it, I completely got it. She was mm-hmm. just done. Yeah. She was emotionally finished. And physically and everything looked good. Cause I mean, she was making good money. Everything looked cool up front. You don't have to brag about how attractive your wife is. Well no <laughs> <laughs> She was so hot, tits was nice, you know what I mean? Uh, ass sitting on dubs. I don't do, do kids just say I that? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> was that thing? ever a thing? Yeah, ass, oh yeah, it was back dubs. in Mid nineties yeah. or early late nineties. Like, that yeah. being a thing about like tires and stuff. Oh no, the ass sitting on dubs was definitely a thing for a second. <laughs> okay. uh, but no, she so she was cool. So so after so it was like all right, cool. I told her like that week. I said I'm done. Right 
Then I get a call. Of course, you know how that is. And you're like, yo, let me, yo, Chris, here, go do this run of shows real quick. All right. All right, well, look, babe, I'm going to go next week at the last time. Because <laughs> you know, every every week is the last time. You know what I mean? You know how that would have yeah. been. So i like, all right, next time, next week, last time I'm running. She did not want me to go. So that morning, I'm it's 1030 a.m. Mm-hmm. Sober. Completely sober. Didn't even drink in like a week. And so I get up to go, and I'm like, all right, babe, I'm out. And it was like that morning, nothing was, everything felt like I was like, I need to just stay here. Mm-hmm. You know how like you get that feeling yeah, and it's, it's like, like the, something's wrong. Your gut. There was a glitch it definitely in the right. matrix, right? Okay. Uh, my cat was in the car. I kept seeing it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, but it definitely was a glitch in, in everything. I think you would have to have seen The Matrix to know that. Joke. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not explaining that to you. You've never seen The Matrix. <laughs> you're very, that's your fault. You have like a, your, your style. And you did that whole joke about like Time Cop rules. Yeah. <laughs> it's like nobody who didn't see Time Cop would know what you were talking about. But I, I was in the back cracking up because I love Time Cop. Dude, it's, uh, when I throw out movie references nowadays, is you can, this is me growing as a comic. If sometimes I just say them and anybody else, somebody can get a secret laugh. That's what I do. Some laughs are just secret laughs. They're, they're very, that's why I love Rick and Morty. Some of those, those jokes are secret laughs. You, like you know? cover the mic with your hand and you go, heard you laugh at that one guy. I like that guy. He's good. We'll talk afterwards. You know? But yeah, so I, I'm in the car and everything's just feeling off. The, the ride is going just fine. And all of a sudden I'm driving and it was just moment where I'm driving, no cars on the, on, on, it's a two-way street, no cars on the other side of me. Then out of nowhere, it's just like I blink and everything inside of me is like, okay, you're about to get into a crash. And I was like, whoa, whoa, what the hell? Like this is what's going through my head. Yeah. It hasn't happened yet. But you know, it's like one of those moments where it's like, so, I don't know if you've ever been in like any sort of horrific accident at all. Or accident in general, but you have that moment right before it happens where you know this is exactly what's going to happen to me, yeah. and either you can go with it or you can fight against it, right? And this is, and this is that fight or flight thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, but sometimes, and let me tell you something, okay? Uh, sometimes the fight is actually for you to stay calm. Yeah. So that's actually the correct thing to do yeah, is well, to say, well, stay calm in this moment. I, I, uh, I learned this thing in bodyguard school. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's called the oot the oot loop. Okay. So it's O O D A. So observe, orient, decide, and act. Yes. So I turned my oot loop meters way up. That's and that's exactly what happened to me. So I'm going, and all of a sudden I was like, okay, it looks like I'm about to get an accident. And what happened was, for some reason, I just my car just drifted to the right, right into two part cars. Never, ha- dude. I'm a I'm a driver. I'm yeah, the dude yeah. who when you call, yo, we going on a road trip. All right, Chris. I'm like, look, I got, I take the first seven hours, mm-hmm. and if somebody want to swap off every now and then, just let me get like a little hour nap that I'm getting right back behind. The, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm the driver to this day. I'm still the driver somehow. Like nobody, it yeah. didn't deter anybody. Uh, but dude, so uh, yeah, I, that happened, and then it created a whole ripple effect of yeah. things. Which, to be honest with you, I, I, I think, I think Lord every day for the accident because it's the only thing that stopped me from going to New York. Yeah, yeah, I would have kept going. Like, it was one of the things she needed me to do as a husband, and it was one of the things I absolutely didn't want to do. Right. But that, literally that, plus then you're talking 10 surgeries later. Mm-hmm. So I, even when I thought, I said, oh, I'm feeling better. Mm-hmm. Nope, another surgery. Another surgery. So then I got to go back to kind of recoup. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And do so it was one of the, it's same, the, 
a car crash saved my marriage, right? Yeah. <laughs> it well, it looked like it hurt my career for a second, but it well, saved my marriage. It's kind of like uh, <laughs> it's kind of like I used to I used to do the the joke in stand up. I was like. I was going to do that shit anyway, but now it looks like I'm doing it just because you told me to. Yeah. But like, that was like your, the thing happened with your accident. And you're like, well, I wasn't going to go to New York. <laughs> I wasn't going to go anyway. <laughs> I mean, but, just, you, just because now it looks like I'm doing it because you told me man, to. But which is, honestly, but, which is cool, man. Yeah. Once you get mad, you long enough, you realize, however it happens, as long as they, as long as they kind of like emotionally can be stable for the next few years, you're happy. <laughs> well, like, you know it's it's weird like it's just like and this is not a good example in in relation to to your thing but when you see somebody who you haven't seen in a really long time and you're like fuck it's good to see you but like mm-hmm. you see them at a funeral mm-hmm. so the circumstances behind seeing that person aren't as joyful as if you had just seen them somewhere yeah and that's and that was one of the things it's like I'm I'm learning I learned from that situation where it's like if you really feel uh, call to do anything. Just do it. Stop mm. being a stubborn piece of shit. <laughs> just do because it. it's so much easier if you do it willingly than if you do it by force. You know what I mean? Like I don't know whatever you believe in, whatever I believe Jesus and God and all. So I'm like God. If you're going to make me do, it's like one of the things. He's like, you can do this the easy way or the hard way. Right. And I'm like, well, let me do this last show. And he's like. This is technically the hard way. And I'm like, no, 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 it ain't the hard way. You being crazy, you. And it's like, he's like, I'm sitting here telling you to just go back, just cancel this one show, right, right. and you'll live. It's not even that much money. And I'm like, man, you wild. <laughs> and he's like, all right, there you go, car accident. There you go. <laughs> Everything. And it's funny, my brother showed me that. He showed me pictures of the car, but I didn't really look at the time. I was in the hospital. But he was like, he was like, uh, he's like, when he looked at the car, it was crazy because the doctor, nobody really knew what happened, right? Why my only my hand got crushed. I was cool, other than that, no other injuries, right? Mm-hmm. And was I mean, pedestrians, anybody? I mean, nobody was else was hurt but me. Cars, right? Nobody else was hurt but me. Mm-hmm. It was one of the funniest. This is one of the things was like it's legitimately a lesson, right? Yeah, yeah. Because my brother said he looked at the car, him and the tow truck guy. The, he couldn't even understand what happened in the accident. He was like, "What happened?" He was like, "I don't know." Because he showed him the car. The driver's side was. Un, it wasn't hurt at all. The mm-hmm. driver's side looked like nobody touched it. The rest of the car looked like shit. Like like death proof. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I'm sitting there like, are you kidding? He's like, he's like yeah, man. That's he's another like, movie that was... reference that uh, <laughs> yeah, you I, throw I, I, out I, I, and a whole, yeah. whole lot of people <laughs> would know what you're talking about. Death proof, not a great movie, but it was all right. <laughs> Had a good moment. Had a good 30 minutes that they should have really made. Okay, but... um, I, I like... I thought it was cool, like... uh. When he like ran to the, he turned the lights off and he smashed into that car. Yeah, and the girl's like leg flopped out of the. Dude, it was like, ridiculous. It was that a, movie was so ridiculous. It was, it was, it was a, it was a part that I was like, oh wow, I didn't expect that. <laughs> but, but yeah, but that's where Jungle so, Julia. <laughs> Jungle Julia. But dude, that's yeah, that's what it came down to. It was like it was, it was wild, man. Like it, it is wild still. Sometimes even thinking about it, I can't remember any of the accident mm-hmm. directly. The moment I remember before and after. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I any other accident. I I've I've been there. Oh. <laughs> been there. What, what accident were you in, if I may ask? Um, I, it wasn't an accident so much, but uh, I, I had a grand mal seizure in my shower. Oh, and, okay. Uh, and uh, I don't remember it at all. I I remember like before it happened, and I remember like being in the hospital, and like I don't remember much else. It's 
That's the best. I would say that was the best uh, gift that a whole thing was. It didn't deter me from driving because I don't literally remember the accident. Mm-hmm. So when I got in a, back into a car, I thought I would have like, you know what I mean? I thought like I would have Ricky like Bobby? PTSD or something. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. I just got in the car, just drove like nothing happened. People was like, so my home was like, you're not scared. I said, nah, I don't remember any mm-hmm. of the actual graphic things. I just, you're, I jump, don't really jump know out, how. Jump out of the car in your underwear. <laughs> I'm on fire! Uh, I'm on so fire! I gotta put my matinee friend fire out! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was cool, man. So, yeah, so it was, I've had a, a wild life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, how old were you? Look, man, I, I say all the time, like, this is, I, this isn't a whole lot like, other podcasts, but here's mm. me going. How old were you when you started doing stand-up comedy? Because, oh, that's cool. Because I, I knew I was, like uh, nineteen. Yeah, you were kids when we met. Yeah, I was and nineteen. But that took me back to like you going like, if you want to do something, stop getting in your way and do it. And that that made me go like, well, part of that was I wanted to like have an excuse to see some friends who, I, so I started doing this, and mm-hmm. I I get to see you, you know. I'm <laughs> I'm excited about it. So. It's not like we're meeting under the circumstances that it's an unfortunate event, you know? No, yeah, I'm happy that that's the case. I'm happy that I didn't have a, one of those horrible uh, comic <laughs> funerals where it's like, there's no money at all. Mm-hmm. And then me and my wife, we have a thing. We're not doing funerals. I'm donating my body to science and going to have a dumb picture sitting up there. Mm-hmm. We have a memorial at best because we, hate, we both hate funerals. But, dude, yeah, I'm, uh, I started when I was 19. Man... Uh, officially started when I was 19. But I tell anybody any day in the week, man, start, do something. If you want to do something, just do it. After yeah. money, the money will come eventually. And if it doesn't, even if it's just a thing that you want to do as a hobby, just fucking do it and enjoy it because I guess life is too short, bro. It they're, is. They're not going to, they're not going to bring your credit score on your, on your tombstone. Nah, no one gives a fuck. You leave that debt behind. Let your family deal with it. That's, that's the one good thing that black people understand. It's like, let's let them deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they don't get it, then let the, then the kids, 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 or maybe get rid of it eventually. But who, who cares? Who gives a fuck? What is like? What's your thoughts like on like Comic View type comedy? Like, oh, uh, you mean like, like straight, Sunday straight movie. urban, straight? Yeah, yeah. As they like to call it straight urban comedy. Yeah. Uh, I, there is about just like any other uh, stand up. Um, I would say genre. There's about ten percent of it that's needed. Mm-hmm. All the rest is duplicates and. People cashing in on what's hot and the hack, yeah, the hackiness mm-hmm. of it. Um, I I watched it. I watched it all. Like I was, I thought it, I thought it was some of it was spectacular. I thought some of it was horrible. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, same thing. I thought about everything else I watched. Yeah, it's the percentages don't shift too much, man, across the board. The only good thing about comedy, comedy, at least the people that are hacky still are funny though. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'll give them that. It's it's very much like a lot like. White guys are like this, and like, yeah. and then black people are like this, and it's like, all right. When I grew up, I got whippings, and it's the same concept. It's the same five topics. Oh, usually. we had roaches in our house. Oh my! It was so dirty. Yeah, I've been over house somebody house so dirty. Oh my gosh, it was dirty. It is like it's such. A, it's a, it's a format. It's the yeah. it's one. It's a. It is that. There was a comic view format I absolutely stayed away from that I hated. Mm-hmm. That every oh, this is just how we talking to man. You ever been so broke? Whew. I've been broke. And then, oh, <laughs> let me tell you how broke I've been. <laughs> For the people who couldn't look at his face, his <laughs> eyes got real big. Oh, yeah, I've yeah, been broke. Yeah, big. You got to do the bug eyes every now and then, you yeah. know what I mean? On, the, on certain spots, you got to hit them with that face. Yeah. You got to do this. And if you do all these things, it is it's almost a Pythagorean theory 
of joke telling. You know what I mean? Mm. With every every style has a formula that if you do it to a T, if you want to be the uh, the emo white guy, uh, emo white guy writer style. Hey, how you doing? How you feeling? Hey, how you doing in the back? Um, I'm surprised I'm still here. I was pretty sad this morning. I jerked off into my Fruit Loops. Hey, how y'all going? How y'all doing over there? It's like what the in, in your mind is like. Where's the punchline ending? Where's everything mm-hmm. starting? Where yeah. there's such so many formats that they all stink. The format to me is like you're supposed to learn these. It's just like anything with math. Like any good mathematician will tell you, you learn all these formulas so you know what rules you need to break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how I look at it. It's 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 what it style comedy, and that's the well, movie when he was well, curving well, the bullets. Well, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just gonna hit Angelina Jolie in the head. Exactly, in the movie. That's what it is. Spoiler, <laughs> Spoiler alert! <laughs> if you haven't seen that, that's your fault. <laughs> but um, the I just I think that I think that in stand up. It's like you also have to be around the right guys, and this is something I thought was like super cool. I didn't, I didn't know all the details because, like, I mean, loosely we stayed friends on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Loosely, I stayed friends with a bunch of the other guys from Center City Comedy. Yeah. But you guys, like, all kind of were doing the New York thing around the same time. Yeah. Is did that all happen at once? Was it like you guys became like your own mastermind group to to attack the other city? And did you continue to call it in Center City? Everybody, um, okay, first you had Monroe. Well, this is funny. Monroe Martin isn't even well, in quote unquote Center City Comedy. Well, He's, uh, I remember him getting big on Less Comic Standing. Well, he had a, he had a, yeah, he had a, some movement with that. And, um, but before that, before that. Was he in the final six or something? He, he was, I, I couldn't, I don't even remember. He was in the top 10, though. Yeah. If I remember right, he was definitely in the top 10. And he had a good run on there. And, yeah, he did. But before that, well, initially, this is us even getting to New York, right? Mm-hmm. He went first because <laughs> I could tell you the story. He's told it before, and I don't. And I asked him. If, uh, I'll ask him a long time ago. Can I tell the story if I ever need it? He was, yeah, I don't care. But I remember when he was a uh, he. We was in Philly, right? Me and him. Me and him were like best friends. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we still are. Um, but in comedy, you know how it is. You very rarely meet somebody who could understand the concept of working independently mm-hmm. and pushing the other person but realizing that you don't have to be me and I don't have to be you and mm-hmm. we're very both two independent thinkers. It's easy to like it's easy to borrow from somebody and not know you're doing it. Yeah, but me and him the, the one thing that yeah. was dope about us was he's a great writer and I'm a great writer but perspectively we like to do it from different perspectives. Mm-hmm. He's more of a pessimist, I'm more of an optimist. And I'm, I like to call myself actually a realist, you know what I mean? That's the the, the, more, the, the side I like to write right from more so. And well, people who call themselves realists are more along the lines of pessimists, and that's the thing. I don't. I also don't view the world as a negative place. Right, right. So that's why it's it's weird. I don't like to call myself. I have to call myself an optimist because mm-hmm. generally the world is looked at as a negative place. I look at it as you, it's only as negative as you put yourself. If you put yourself around negativity, you're in a negative place. I don't put myself around negativity, so I'm in a positive place. But realistically, the world does suck. Now, <laughs> so, so it's a very well, deep that, statement. But that's mostly because of money and <laughs> yeah, assholes. exactly. And so it's a, at the end of the day, I am a realist, and some might say it is a pessimistic uh, position. But I would say I look at it optimistically oh, oh, I because said, I don't. I just said usually. Yeah, yeah. So, right, I not, not to say and that, again. Not I agree to with blanket you. Blanket it to totally one hundred percent of the time. I but the usual person. 
person who would say I'm a realist comes yeah. right after somebody calling them a pessimist. You're yeah. being a pessimist. Now nah, I'm a realist. <laughs> no, fuck that. I just see things the way they are. And it's right. like, oh, right. oh, all right, right. cool, okay. Right. You, you're an angry motherfucker. Then, you know what I mean? But which is, sometimes is that's, that is the fact of the, of the world. If, right now, if I wanted to view the, just the negativity in the world, which there is very little positive happening. Mm-hmm. But I could be, I could just focus on that, but I'm not. But yeah, yeah. him being different, and I, I, I really enjoy, uh, when me and him talk comedy, I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember, and that's what made me become friends with him, mm-hmm. because I was, one day we were just walking and talking, and it was a pure friendship built off of our minds of he came from a horrible background of him being a foster when uh, technically a foster kid with you know I mean drug addict mom and all that I came from a, a really weird background when my mom was sick growing up so I, my mom was also kind of absent I wasn't a foster kid I had a dad and all that uh, so I had kind of a different uh, bravado about myself in the sense of I just I was extremely confident in uh, who I am as a person and things around me. Uh, and people saying, well, me saying I'm not going to adhere to to just bow down to the social norms of what I believe is wrong. Right. I was very, uh, what's it called, um, morally strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, him, him, he was very morally strong too, but from a different perspective of he came from the foster care system where he realizes that he can show you, he, he's magic trick with it, the way he lives, you know what I mean? He can show you his right hand and you'll be like, oh, that's the Monroe, when honestly I'm looking at him like he, his whole personality is in his left hand because he had to live in a world where he yeah, sometimes pretend. would have to show, yeah, he would have to show, well, how do you feel today? Well, I feel sad, da, da, da. Here, take these pills, okay. He had to live in a world where he had to tuck pills under his, his thing and then spit them out later right, right. because they tried to medicate him as a kid yeah. for goofy shit. And I'm sitting there like, what the fuck is, like, and, and me and him talk so deep, and I'm like, and when, vice versa, I'm a kid who probably should have been medicated. As a, all I did was fight and tell jokes, and I was smart as shit. I didn't make, teachers loved me because in the class, when nobody else could answer the, the, the questions, I would answer the questions. But then vice versa, I would also beat up the bully. You know what I mean? So they loved me for both things, but they also was like, Chris, you got to calm down. But they didn't know I'm sitting there sad because I just got a sick mom. Mm-hmm. So it was the only way I could I could figure out how to balance me personality-wise, you know? Uh, <laughs> wait, what's, the, what's the thing where uh, the Key and Peele sketch when uh, when he was like... the. When the bully was talking to him, and then we like straight, you make me uncomfortable about how I feel about myself. Yes, yes, that was that's. I used to do stuff like that to the bullies because I was a smart kid. And then then the dad picked him up, and he's like, "I'm gonna internalize that, and I'm gonna take it out on you later." (laughs) Yes, I I remember one time, like bullies came in all four uh, shapes of it. Like in the black community, bullies don't generally they don't do stuff like steal your lunch money. You know what I mean? They don't not generally. I mean, every now and then that did really happen. but I mean in my school nobody had lunch money so it was all free free food that was horrible for you you know mm-hmm. what I mean uh, but it came in the form generally of yo man my sneakers look better than yours and really trying to make people feel like they're worthless like very very emotionally they would beat you down emotionally and then every now and then you would just yo he a weirdo I'm gonna punch him in the face and it's like whoa why they're, they're the kids. Anybody who punch other kids and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I love them because I would beat them. I would love, I would wait, and they'd be like, yo, man, I just heard you was messing with him over here. And they'd be like, Chris, no, I ain't got nothing, this ain't got nothing to do with you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it has everything to do with me. I said, now, I'm going to punch you. This, would, this is what I would do. I'll make deals with him. So I'm going to punch you in the face, right? And you can do one of two things. You can punch back, 
Or you could just take this punch in the face and the thing to never, never touch him again. And, mm-hmm. I, and they'd be like, well, all right, man, but I don't want to... Right, if you hit me, we got to fight. I'd be like, that's a decision you're making. Mm-hmm. And then, then you lose in front of everybody because once we start fighting, this whole... And then you everybody get, then comes you get in. naked and then he's and losing. Then, <laughs> he's, he's losing. Oh, no, that was after 19. Before 18... Oh, <laughs> let me tell you something. Your boy was very clothed, whipping ass. <laughs> no, but I, I honestly, though... I, it was, but me and him, yeah, we bought a weird, I, that's like I said, one of my best friends. And when he left to New York, mm-hmm. basically I started sleeping on his couch. Right. And then after that, it was just a ripple effect of people leaving. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to go into the details of the massive details of how uh, we got to know this person and da 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 and boom, boom, and context. Last time so I talked to Foley, well, I remember the night he was like moving to New York. Yeah. I remember being at Raven like the night of his last night there. Mm-hmm. And him being like really drunk or something, and oh no, what night was that? It, that could have been literally any night. That right, could have been right, him leaving, right. moving, staying. He was. Going. It was like he was moving, and I was with my ex at the time, and we walked out, and I was like, "Hey, man, I'm leaving now." And he was like, "All right, man, I love you, dude." And he came over, and he had this beard, and he like kissed yeah. the side of my face, mm-hmm. and and it grossed me out so much. <laughs> yeah, he could be he could be kissy sometimes. I was like, "Why did he do that to me?" <laughs> <laughs> Shader but, is not a kissy one. <laughs> and, then, and then I uh, and then I saw him on Jim Gaffigan, and I wrote him on Facebook or something. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Hey, man, saw you on Gaffigan." He's like, "Thanks, dude." I haven't. I mean, I haven't seen him or talked to him since then. Yeah, Foley's doing good, man. He's it's tough over there in New York, though. It's real tough because some uh, some people go with the, the you know big fish, big. I mean, little fish, big pond concept. It's not that. It's just a lot of people. Some people are. It's a weird, like I said, this business, this industry, like you said, that that quote unquote industry, is is it's, it's hard. Yeah. Because you have a lot of people who are up and running. You have a lot of people who are willing to, when somebody comes in and say you're funny, let me make eighty percent of the money you're going to make off of you, and I'll give you back twenty percent. You have people who say yes, and their eyes get all jumpy and big, right, and right. they sit there, and then you you see them on TV, and you assume that they're rich, and they. Then I see them, it's like, yo, let me borrow like $10. And it's like, oh, what? whoa, 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 you're on a TV show, bro. <laughs> like, I, I, uh, well, you know what? That's what, like, I used to think that about pro wrestlers. Like, I would think yeah. I would see indie wrestlers when I was a kid, like 12, 12 or 13 years old, go to wrestling shows, and I'd be like, this guy's a famous wrestler. Like, mm-hmm. And still, and then I become an indie wrestler and realize that we're not shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, He's a famous wrestler, too. You got to go to that job <laughs> at Boscow's. Right, you know? right. <laughs> <laughs> name name up in lights on the weekend. Back on a name tag on Monday. It, it, that and that's hard. People don't get mentally how much of a transition that is for the person either. Well, well I mean, I heard that on uh, on the Wild West comedy movie with mm-hmm. uh, Sebastian Maniscalco, and he said that about himself. Name up on lights on the weekend. Back on the name tag on Monday, and I was like, that's so wrestling. That's yeah. so wrestling, and it's so the same. Uh, you remember the part in the movie when like. When he was like, uh, John Caparulo was talking about how he used to work. When he he's like, oh, I used to work at McDonald's. I've never and, seen the Wild West. Oh, you never saw it. But I'm I'm listening. Yeah, he said <laughs> I used to work at McDonald's, and somebody in the back screamed, "Fuck yeah, dude!" And he was like, "You okay? You got you got to sort some problems out." Mm-hmm. And then he gets off stage like, you know, 15 minutes later, he's like, "What the fuck was that dude's problem?" He said, "Fuck you to me." He's mm-hmm. like, "No, you were just so in the zone." He said, "Fuck yeah, dude, not fuck you." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh." I got it. And we do that same exact shit. Like, I know for me, I, I mean, I, 
I've uh, gotten myself in a lot of trouble with uh, <laughs> with thinking I'm hearing somebody say something when I'm talking. You know what I mean? And that's totally a different person now. But I mean, back in the day, like if I was talking on the mic and somebody said something, I I would get mad. Mm-hmm. Like that happened to me at Raven once when somebody tried to somebody tried to say something to me. It happens. And I, and <laughs> and then you guys all you guys all like rushed me and were like, nah. It's not worth it, man. It's not worth it. And I was like, I wasn't gonna do anything. Dude, but this is a, it's a lot to take in, all from all angles. And I've learned to just love whatever you want to. First of all, don't put yourself in a position where you do stuff you don't want to do, mm-hmm. because then if you do that, you always usually end up having the outcome of things you don't want. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if it to to. Most people might say that look that was great that you're in that position and your mind you might hate it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You gotta realize something that no one you own your art. And if you decide to sell it, you can sell it. If you decide to keep it for you, you keep it. If you decide to make it whatever you want to do with it, it's yours. And embrace that concept, man, and it, it, you start being happier. That's why I'm not angry that Capitalist Chris is coming back, but he's learning how to He's learning how to talk to artistic Chris. Mm-hmm. Capitalist Chris is saying to himself, uh, a long time ago, Capitalist Chris is like, how can we sell this comedy stuff, right? And artistic Chris was like, hey, man, it's not for sale. It's for everybody. You know what I mean? <laughs> but then now I look at it like, well, okay, I mean, you gotta, you can't be going out and doing 50,000 things and tiring yourself out. When did you do the the uh, com- uh, Gotham Comedy Live? That was literally everything was. Remember when I told you everything was looking like it was it was popping for me? Mm-hmm. That was like uh, two months before, three months before my accident. For real? Mm-hmm. Wow. Because <laughs> like like I was like, hey, here's my friend on TV. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I was I was in like kind of a zone at that moment. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? My how mom, long ago was that? I mean, how long ago was your accident? Uh, almost a year and a half, two yeah. years, close to. But you, honestly, I'm again. I've done since then done a lot of cool shit. <laughs> like I'm had, like I got an album out that no one's listening to. That I love it. <laughs> like I, got, I did that. I, out. I listened to it. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, not, I, a lot of people just haven't listened to it. I'll say that. Well, I think that about this all the time. Yeah. I mean, I go. Oh, tens of people will listen. <laughs> all 15 of those people. <laughs> all tens I mean, it got a lot of stream. Believe it or not, if streams were worth more money, it actually did pretty, it's doing pretty good streaming. Mm-hmm. People streaming a lot. Not a lot of buys, but that's cool. I can mm-hmm. live with it. People are listening to it. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? I mean, it's something. It's content that exists that mm-hmm. has your has your brand on it. And 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 it's time capsule style. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of why I, how I feel about doing this mm-hmm. podcast and being here in this studio. Like we get to I get to hang out and then create create memories that, you know, maybe maybe 15 20 years from now if I, you know, not I'm not going to wait that long to have kids, but let's say <laughs> I have kids and then they start getting older and like start trying to understand who, you know, who I am. This would be something they could come back and listen to this and be like Wow, our dad was a cool dude, you know. Instead of just being like authority figure, you know, uh, <laughs> dad is like, or, go sit down, go or sit down. or like let's say, considering we were just talking about how short life is, mm-hmm. let's say I don't make it to next week. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I have twenty nine of these time capsules that people can come back and listen to who I truly am because I don't feel like I've ever been as much who I really am. As I have been since I started doing this, that's that's the 
concept and the theory behind uh, why I even did that album the way I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I left it as as raw as possible. I left it. Only thing that that was that sounded produced was the the interludes. Well, purposely, did you record it on your phone? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I did it. I did it at the lowest quality possible. Mm-hmm. Purposely, like I left it there. Like I had a producer come in and literally produce it, mm-hmm. so I could have literally upped the quality on the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. But I said to myself, I, said, I want to keep it as low quality as possible, and but at the same token, make sure it's put together correctly, right? So when I did the uh, interludes, I just wanted it to pour. Literally, I just wanted. I wanted for if next week, if, let's say at the time I was still going through a lot of the surgeries. Mm-hmm. So let's say if one of those surgeries I didn't make it out of. Mm-hmm. I wanted this body of work to to people to be like, yo, this was a dude who gave a crap in the midst of everything quote unquote being wrong. You know what I mean? Everything going to crap on him. And all he could think about is the state of things around him. And not to say that I'm trying to be like, oh man, he was he was the Dalai Lama. No, no, none of that. Yeah. It just comes down to that's truly how I felt. And I wanted a moment I was so emotionally fragile that I was willing to put that out. And that moment probably won't happen again for years. You know, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't. I mean, it's been a while since I listened to it. Did you talk about your hand and the surgery? That's the first. Stuff? Yeah, that's the first. That's the opening bit. Is the hand stuff? Okay, <laughs> that's literally what I named it. Hand stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, um, <clears throat> when I had when I had my surgeries, mm-hmm. I, I had a, I had to have a craniotomy. Uh, I had brain surgery. Yeah, that's in two thousand eleven, and uh, I hadn't done stand up. I'd. Stopped like um, you know when me and my ex were together and we were doing comedy together, mm-hmm. and then I stopped doing it. She started bringing around the dude who she was cheating on me with to the mics, so I stopped going. Mm-hmm. I stopped going to do it stand up, and I stopped totally. And I was like, all right, I'm just, I guess I'm not gonna be a comedian anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had the brain surgery, and uh, like I couldn't wrestle for a year, mm-hmm. so I filled in the blanks with doing some some spots you know mm-hmm. and just start doing jokes but i didn't at the same time like i said it was more of a character and i didn't talk the raw me you know talk the only the only stuff i did where i talked about like what was going on was i, I brought up the the brain surgery the one time mm-hmm. and people thought it was a bit when i started to, when i brought it up i wanted it to just be like this quick thing and i said i had brain surgery <laughs> like people were laughing before i could get a chance to say anything else so i just moved on yeah, you weren't ready to reveal that about yourself. Right. Yeah, yeah that, that takes, that's a, that's real, man. You say something and people laugh at the wrong time, mm-hmm. like, you piece of shit. You want to dive into the crowd, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Call them an asshole. But they didn't do nothing but laugh at the joke you gave them, you know? But it, it was yeah. weird, too. Like, I think at the time, too, even probably when I was doing stand up before, I was probably looked more like a child. Or young, like my body was way smaller. I looked yeah, less yeah, like yeah. a man, and like I think when if anybody brought up that I was a wrestler, people would be like, "Oh, he's too little to be a wrestler." He's like, you know, what? I think that like, and in my head, I was just thinking about what the perception of me was out there instead of thinking about being me and being funny. Man, this how how crazy is it that we get so wrapped up in our own bullshit, <laughs> like constantly, and uh, now now I'm like. I just want to be pretty straight up about everything and who I am here. And then even, even like, it's funny. Like, I don't even, I don't even like talk about 
being a wrestler and anything like when I go out, like I'd probably bring up doing this before I'd bring up that I was a wrestler if somebody just met me. You know what's funny? It was a nowadays people ask me what I do. I have to. I've. I've finally going back to saying I'm a comic. Uh, because then most people just look at me like I know you from somewhere, and I just sit there like. Which is not, you know, what's funny? Which is not a bad thing. People mm-hmm. know me from doing stand up. Mm-hmm. People recognize me. People act like they don't know who I am. And I, I sit in my wife's house, we're out, and somebody like starts like whispering and, and kind of pointing on the cover. And I said, yeah, they recognize me. I said, this is weird. Uh, I'm going to probably eventually have to like, I'm going to start getting out of this conversation before it even happens. Well, if you wear like, if you wear clothes that have your name on them, out in well, this, you know what's funny? I was given this shirt, and I just was like, I'm gonna wear this because I'm not. I only wear it to places where just, I don't I'm have to do picking, it. I'm just picking on you. No, that's funny though. But I, but this shirt was given to me to do a comedy show. Like it was, a, it was like a comedy show for a clothing label. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, we'll give you a shirt. And I was like. Okay, and now I wear this shirt when I'm going somewhere like like this. You know, what I mean? <laughs> nice and quiet. Down, downplay, you're not gonna yeah. Like... <laughs> it's not, it's you stand up. All... You stand up. Chris, what's your what's your at? Right here, baby. And I was like, nah. But it's it's. I also like to support local. I'm a weird person. Like I support local business. Anybody who's doing something locally or yeah. trying to do it on their own, I like to support them as much That's, as I can. I'm I'm very similar in that. Like uh, with um, getting like T-shirts printed up. Like mm-hmm. I'd rather go to a local business. Like a small business mom and pop thing instead of like going and getting them printed online. Yeah, because they don't need that money. Those online people, well, they might, but these people right here in front of me, this is like, this was what the world was built on. Why would you go to something five, ten miles away or when you got somebody around a corner trying to feed their family? Dude, you know what I mean? Me, <laughs> me, me and my girlfriend went to this this like corner deli over the weekend mm-hmm. and while we were standing in line I was like don't you love how real it all is <laughs> don't you just love it it feels like like when you were a kid again <laughs> <laughs> dude yeah I love it I love it I go to I found a mom and pop store that got good food I just I'm there all the time you know what I mean uh, as much as possible you know what I mean as much as possible because they need that that money pays their rent mm-hmm. I always said to someone I said now no not one of my friends, now I'll say this, uh, I'll say this, one of my good friends, Hannibal. Hannibal Barris is one of my good friends, which is funny because I know when he was featuring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when we met, when he was a feature. And it's just like we've, over the years, Blossom became really cool. What I love, You know what I love about him, though? The most is he still goes to open mics when he's in the city. If he's around, he'll pop into anybody's open mic. Mm-hmm. But not only that is, he spends his money, his all that money, if he's going to blow money, he blows it at small bars. Mm-hmm. People don't get the problem is okay. You got these people. Let's say if you're Chappelle, right, and you go to a place in Vegas, and you say it's reported the Chappelle went to this bar in Vegas, dropped twenty thousand. That bar does not care because usually that place in Vegas, somebody drops twenty thousand. Well, somebody's every gonna, somebody's gonna uh, spend that there. Definitely anyway. do. Right. But if you go to a local bar. Which the music might be fun, it might be a little club atmosphere and all that, and you drop five thousand. Mm-hmm. You just paid everybody's rent. You paid that bar's rent probably for like the next five months. You paid uh, for somebody's. You paid for a lot of stuff that re- that people really need. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be me probably. Like I dig dive bars more than any kind of like. Loud ass bars and well, I like a lot. I like a nice loud dive bar. So, <laughs> but I, this is this is my one of my dreams. One of my uh, things I'm going to do um, is 
I want to one day come to back to the, the Raven Lounge. Probably, it will be my first one, of course, to do. First of all, I want to do a whole bunch of pop-up parties out of there just mm-hmm. because I enjoy supporting that place. It's one of my favorite places to go because uh, they supported me from day one. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, I'm going to come there one day and just give each bartender just $1,000 yeah. for a tip. Probably have a tab of – well, they haven't charged me anything for a long time, so a, mm-hmm. a comp tab. And then take care, I'm going to say charge me for one beer in each bar, or I'll just either give them cash. or Because right. to me, I'm just like, that 1000 realistically just reshaped their next month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like – could you imagine if people did that at Smart Bar? Hey, man, what's up, man? I'm worth uh, uh, maybe a, a hundred thousand or whatever, or two million or whatever you want to be. With. Even a hundred thousand person coming in here, take this three hundred, mm-hmm. and that's a tip. And they only spend thirty dollars, and you just sit there and you be like, "That just reshapes my week." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it does. It's, you know? it's dude. People get so people get so bummed like over like bills. Like here's me. Like all right. I'll give you even like a super real example. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm in my I'm in my friend's wedding next weekend. Oh, I'm in and, my dad's wedding next weekend, and and I know I gotta. Go. I'm serious about that. Yeah, my dad's yeah. getting remarried. <laughs> wow, that's cool. <laughs> but uh, I know I gotta spend 180 bucks on Saturday yeah. to rent that tux, and I'm I'm like dreading it and sweating about it, mm-hmm. and it's like, man, I could just I could just you know what I mean? Like I just like. I wish that I could just never have to worry about that kind of shit. You know what I mean? Don't, uh, and 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 I shouldn't be. And I'm most mostly the the outer me would be like ah whatever. Like and I I've been like that up until like I fell into this rut maybe about four or five months ago hmm. where like finances aren't as cool as they were. And <clears throat> you know that's like it's 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 a hill I'm climbing right now to get to the other to fall off the other side of it. The financial thing is um, is weird because I I haven't ever. My wife thinks I'm crazy. I've never, uh, first of all, cared about money. Never really liked the stuff. Uh, but on top of that, I never really strive to get it. Whenever I need it, I get it. Mm. Whenever I don't, uh, whatever. You know what I mean, if some comes in, some comes in, some doesn't, doesn't. But I also have a, a whole bunch of resources. Like, I truly do barter through life. So I'll say to somebody, like, I really do, like, if, like, hey, man, look, uh, Chris, I need this from you. All right, here, I'll pay you 100 Nah, keep that 100 I'm going to come back here, and I'm going to do a show out of here for, like, a month. Or I'm going to, here, you know that 100 you're going to give me? Instead of that, talk to him, have a conversation with him, please, because he wants to start open mic here. Mm-hmm. Boom. And else, most people say, well, hold on, you didn't actually get anything out of that. I said, yes, I did. I got an actual connection. Right. I got an actual connect that if something ever in my life went bad, I have a place where I could create my own job. You know what I mean? That's how I look at it. Like, if it's not about always making that direct money. Sometimes it's about building true relationships with oh, people. Yeah. So yeah. that way, when you fall on hard times, you can you can be cool. Like, one of the things I, I never understood is if you're – if you do end up falling into a lot of money in any form of it. Let's say you make a movie, you get a, you actually earn a million dollars. Not just like you actually was paid like two million, but net wise you actually made a million, right? right, right. Why not? Why don't you take a hundred? If you're going to take five thousand, fifty thousand, and buy an expensive car, say you know something. Let me take twenty thousand, buy buy a nice car, mm-hmm. a nice affordable car, and take another thirty 
and take ten thousand a piece and just put it into three local businesses, right? Mm-hmm. And say, hey, I'll just own twenty percent of your local business. One food, maybe one auto shop, right? Maybe another clothing shop, a because, cigarette store. Yeah, a cigarette <laughs> store. <laughs> <laughs> but, that's so funny. But but look at the three things you just invested in. You invested in something that will keep you alive no matter what. Let's say if yeah. you ever run out of funds, hey, let me go to my food store and get something to eat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Here, I gotta get some groceries. Oh, Chris, man, your money is no good here. That's what happens. Oh, my car just went to shit. Transportation. Let me take it to my auto shop. Oh man, Chris, you know your money is no good here. You paid, you gave me ten thousand. You invested in when everybody else let me go. Oh man, uh, what's the other thing? It was something else I said invested. But you invest in those things because it's not just an investment in the the public; it's an investment in yourself. Yeah, I, I, I feel like you and I are very much on the same page with that. Like I, I make, I connect people all the time who mm-hmm. like wouldn't have otherwise made connections to each other. Like if I'm like, you know, something you're saying feels like. This person could help you. Like my my neighbor just produced a film mm-hmm. because somebody came to me talking to me about ideas he had for this film, and I was like, "Dude, my neighbor would be amazing at helping you with that." So that that's what they worked on two weekends ago, and Still. I watched the footage of it this week, and it was awesome. And these guys are now friends. Like they wouldn't have been friends if I hadn't had them both come to my house and talk about the movie. That's truly our jobs as human beings. Is truly is not to just figure out how you can make money off of people and. All that crap is to find a way to bring people together. And all, everybody talks that stuff where it's like, man, I'm doing my part. I donated to... Man, F that. Realistically, if you really want to get get your hands dirty and throw someone else's name out there. So yeah. connect, say to somebody, yo, did you ever call that person? Mm-hmm. No, I forgot. forgot. But you're still sitting on that idea. Call them. Have a conversation, man. What's the worst thing that can happen? Y'all don't like each other? Yeah. Then you know what happens? You back to square one. I mean, best case scenario, you end up making something that could possibly be legendary. You know what I mean? Or possibly just leasing this little sector of people like it. <laughs> legendary. <laughs> eh. Personal fan status at best. You know what I mean? Like, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It cracks me up, man. What I was thinking about, and I, I brought this up probably somebody on here recently, but when we used to do uh, the Thursdays at, at the Raven, and that guy, Oakland, would get up Oakland Selix, yeah. Is is that guy still a thing in comedy? He comes, he pops up every now and then. But his, I don't think he's popped up in recent time. But he pops up every now his, and then. His his joke, the only joke I ever could understand coming out of his mouth was the thing about because it was Raven Lounge. Yeah. He'd say, "I'm gonna get the stadium status," and yeah. then he'd be like, "I'm gonna sell out. I'm gonna sell out the Leacor Center in two minutes." And then he was like. Nah, that's more like a gymnasium. Gymnasium status. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, right now I'm in lounge status. That is ridiculous. <laughs> it was like, that's all I could remember of anything he was ever saying. But Oh, class. I, I didn't commit any of his jokes to memory. But he, him as a human being, he didn't. He was a pretty nice human being. So that's all I remember about him. Yeah, I mean, he, and he it would cool. be more about making a connection. You know what I mean? Like, And the thing is, like, now, you know, I, I we don't connect you and I through comedy ever. Yeah. But I go, hey, you'd be cool to come hang out on my podcast. You'd be com- cool to come hang out on the wrestling podcast. What? Well, I mean, you called me up. You called yeah, me up. To uh, make a connection. To make a connection. <laughs> and that's truly what I felt like I wanted to do. And I had a, uh, I got 
the guy who you wanted to get connected, yeah. I connected him to somebody who wanted to bring him through mm-hmm. and get him on shows. I was saying, I don't know if it but, worked out, but that's no, not no. my job at that point. <laughs> no, it, it, it unfortunately didn't because yeah. um, <clears throat> Aaron Aaron Ganey was the guy who was going to get him into the business and he passed away in August. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so <clears throat> I, we, you know, we were super close and I think uh, that was another part, like, I was like, well, I know Aaron wants to get into stand-up. So I was like, Aaron wants to get into stand-up and you want to get into wrestling. Why don't you guys connect through? Because when Aaron Aaron came in to do our wrestling podcast mm. and we sat and talked about because he was you know, he, he was he was a closer friend to me than anyone else knew. But we wound up getting into a big long conversation about how both of us wanted to do stand-up together at the same time. And he was like, Yeah, I want to take I want to take Corey to one of the urban clubs and see him do do an all black crowd and and uh, I was like yeah I mean sure we could do it I mean we could try it's not that bad they don't even exist here I don't think you have to go you have to travel to that, get to all that was black what I was about club. to I was about to ask because that's been going through my head I'm like where is even one around here it's rooms a couple of rooms but it's not really any clubs mm-hmm. no I no club there's no black club for real anywhere there's no I see like ads and stuff on uh, people's yeah. Facebooks. That's all, Warm Daddy is the closest you're gonna find, and that's on Wednesdays. And Touray runs that, but that's a that's literally that's a restaurant that they they made mm-hmm. that they they do a lot of performances out of it. Like it's like a jazz restaurant, but they also do comedy out of it now. Have you been watching that I'm Dying Up Here show? No, I heard is I'm hearing good things about that and Crashing. Yeah, I, well, Crashing's on. It's the second season's about to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> and I, I really liked the first season a lot. And I watched most of the first season of I'm Dying Up Here, but I lost my HBO and my Showtime, so I can't watch oh, it. Oh, man. Anymore. You got to get a connect. Yo, if anybody out there got a, got a password for Corey, man, slide him that password. <laughs> stop, stop. Come on, come off the password. He's not going to leave nothing in your queue, man. Don't worry about that. He know the rules. Once you get the password, you, you sit on it. I don't know if you know the rules if you get anybody's password. You Dude, can't add anything to the queue. Everybody's got watch. my passwords to everything. Oh, like, and, and now they all, hurt it. No, <laughs> like all my friends, like all my friends that like want whatever I got, they yeah. got it. You know, I'm the type that if ever I have something and so I know somebody doesn't have it that wants it, they got it. Come on, man. Y'all slide on that password. <laughs> Inbox on the password. Man. I understand. Some of y'all can't because you're off somebody else's password and the rules of having somebody else's password you can't pass the password. You, you don't pass I mean? on the password. <laughs> yeah, you got to keep that. That's yours. You know what I mean? Unless they y'all mutual friends. You say, yo, let me holler on on real quick. Let me send this text. Listen. Yo, is it cool if I give Doc John? Yeah. Listen, gotta... I know I'm not supposed to give this guy's <laughs> password to anybody. Yeah, it's, it always is one person you give the password to, but you got I can be real strict with him. Like, look, man, I don't know how many people we got floating out there. So if at any point you get bounced off, you just stay off. All right. You don't push back on to the Netflix account. I, I think I, I think I got on my, my friend's Hulu a while ago mm-hmm. and it never signed it never signed me out. And I still got that Hulu and I haven't talked to that guy in like a year. That's a good that's a good move. I, I might have a password for you that that I'm very disconnected to this. Uh it was a password that was given by somebody who wasn't supposed to give a password. But but they, it's a corporate password. So I don't mind giving it. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll see what passwords I can get. I we can we can slide we're, we're, gonna, we're just gonna sit here and write things down and hand it to each other. Yeah, just a clerical <laughs> work before we it'll get be, out. It'll be like this is a silent pot podcast all you hear is like Pencil, <laughs> pens moving across the pieces of paper. Yeah, so you got that one. That's good. Okay, uh, let's go to the next one now. Uh, no, yeah, man. If y'all out there, y'all got to come on, man. Come off that HBO Go, man. 
<laughs> you ain't got nothing else to do. Come over to that HBO Go and stop stop fronting, man. I think I got yeah, HBO I'm, Go for you. I'm, I'm I'm waiting for Westworld to come out again. The, Westworld for the new season of Westworld. I'm bad, man. I'm, I, you know something? Look I used to be that past. <laughs> I used to be a TV buff, man. But then I just became a movie guy. Now I'm not even a movie buff anymore. Like mm-hmm. I, I like movies now. Like Make I think the time cop references. I, I just seen Kingsman movie. yesterday. I like. Kingsman. I haven't seen those movies. I like Kingsman. It's goofy. I'm. They, they got. They stopped making. I'm cool with a, a good rom. I like a good rom. They don't make enough, like, action comedy. Like something comedy, like everything's just like comedies. What now. did you think of uh, Pineapple Express? That was good. That was fun. Yeah. That was a that was a action weed comedy. Yeah, and it was yeah. fun. They really, it's just they getting real lazy, and then they just all they doing is remakes, mm-hmm. and and they. I just was at seeing a lot of previews and a lot of new new ideas. Finally, again, Hollywood's realizing that people aren't showing up to your remakes. Do, <laughs> they, they don't do want you another smoke reboot. Weed? I quit. You quit. I quit. Uh, right before my accident. <laughs> my life did a lot of dramatic now, changes before that. Now, now, a lot of changes. You look back and you're like, man, I shouldn't have quit. I would have gotten that accident. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of quitting of things. Yeah, I barely drink. I like drinking uh, a little bit, but not. I, I just don't. I just don't have time most of the time. Again, that's it, man. You get older and you become uncool slowly. Not well, not uncool, but just like you just put so much stuff down well, because you get busy of. Of life, what is your, what is like your your religious background? Like, where did you come from? I'm Kim Baptist, like, uh, Christian Baptist. And I actually like. I still go to church. I still like it, enjoy it. But now we kind of more so just don't even. I don't like to classify as Baptist or anything else. We just kind of we just. I, this is what I tell people about myself. I'm very faith driven. Mm-hmm. Very, uh, I'm believer. I believe Jesus died. Cross sins and and by that and also let me tell you some people a lot of people get hung up with a lot of, with the story especially black folks right now we're in a very hard movement of historically everything is wrong which I knew since I was a kid right, I never right. was I was raised by a dad who's a teacher uh, but but he was a, he's actually a really good teacher he's really smart in the sense of he just understands things but he also understood one thing he also told us growing up was like remember something you're reading some a book someone else put together. Right. So I know people think that everything is facts because in the books, but everything isn't facts. Just because right. in the so this is, when I look at it, I look at that's why I say I'm very faith driven because it's also one of the things where I realize this book, this the Bible itself, great book, greatest self help book ever ever made, and it's one of the things where it's teaching you things based off of what historically happened, and it also is teaching you things based off emotions and everything else. But you also have to realize that. When they when people rewrote people are horrible. Mm-hmm. People yeah. are horrible individuals. No, no, I, I've been and, saying this like about the book for my whole life. Yeah, like, really. And I love the book for exactly for what it's for and what it's made for. It was made to motivate and teach you that out of any circumstance you can you can thrive. Right. Um, out of any predicament you can keep a faith that things will work out because. Things are made to work out, but if things don't work out, also realize things are also sometimes made not to work out. Right. It's very. And some people say, "Well, that's contradictory." No, it's life. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's like there is really there is there's always something better. Like yes. there's never like things suck, and then that's that's the that's the permanent. Like that's the temporary. Mm-hmm. And I always I always use this analogy, and I talk about the timeline of our lives. Meaning, like from birth to death, like mm-hmm. to say zero to one hundred years old, like 
any problem you have is just the smallest little blip on the radar. If like if I'm holding my hands out between yeah. one to a hundred, the 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 smallest pinch of a radar that is this problem will be over quickly. A year of your life is really not that long of anything. <laughs> and, like I was just telling, like um, I I hate to put anybody's business out there, but like a really close friend of mine is in a he's in a he's in a facility for two weeks. Okay, and <clears throat> like the way I've been talking to him, like I know he was having like really dark thoughts and stuff. Mm. And I was saying like, dude, you're going to look back on this in six months and you're like, I can't believe that I was thinking about that stuff. It's two weeks. Uh, even if that two weeks turns into four weeks, guess what? It's four weeks. It's two weeks. It's whatever. So temporary. It's, it's so small, very temporary. A small little blip on the beep beep, you know, like the heartbeat. <laughs> oh, dude, it's, it's my wife after that's, Another thing that I learned after this, that's why I said, I, I, the accident taught me a lot, right? After going through the accident, I've never been hurt more than a month mm. of any injury. Even injuries I had that really lasted longer than a month, it didn't stop me from doing anything more than a month, right? So this is the first time I've ever had to, like, first of all, go through so many surgeries and, and it was so progressive. Every surgery was to fix the next step mm. of it, right? And then with that, though, I'm like... My wife was like, yeah, so you're probably going to be hurt for a while, so we got to make these changes. Da, da, da. I was like, nah, I'd be cool in a month. This is what I really said to her. Right, yeah. like, I, and I hardly believe that because I've never been hurt longer than yeah, yeah. a month. I said, maybe two. <laughs> That's her. right. So but two it, months go past, and my hand is still fucked. And but I it's sometimes about the power of your mind, too. I mean, mm-hmm. like the same situation with me. Like when I was, when I was admitted into the hospital... They were like, you're going to have this stuff now. Have you prepared yourself to be in here for the month? And mm. I said, no. Why, why, why a month? And they're like, no, because like you, know, you might have to learn how to like walk and talk and read yeah. and write and all that stuff all over again. And I was like, I'll be home in a week. And then like, I was out of there in three days. But that's the thing now. This is the thing now. With, with everything, I had to kind of accept that I will be have to rehabilitate over a few years because of the the injuries. Now, when it also came to this donor, this is the flip side of it. When I got admitted, they said to me at one point, when I first walked in there, they said, before I, this is when I first literally got carted in. They said, Chris, we're probably going to cut off your hand. I went to see. It was like, all right, night, night, right? So they put me out. Mm-hmm. I wake up. I just looked at it. I said, do I still, because it was all wrapped up. I said, do I still have a hand? They said, yes, you still have a hand, mm-hmm. but tomorrow we're probably going to cut off your pinky, right? I said, all right, so I'm go back to sleep. I wake up. All right, look, man, <laughs> you still got your pinky, but we don't know if you'll ever be able to move your hand up and like make to move it at all. We'll probably right. just have to every single just be straight and all. I said, okay, cool. So I go to sleep, wake up again. All right, look, man, we saved your pinky. Mm-hmm. We got okay. Now we had to, so in the day, so now it's just the middle bones. They just had to fuse those together. Mm-hmm. I have all five of my fingers. I can make a fist. Mm-hmm. I can touch my pinky. I can touch all my fingers to my thumb. Yeah. I said, I'm technically in a winning situation. Right, yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Uh, but but well, perspective of it, yes. you could have had no hand. You and they had... also said I wouldn't be able to move my hand up and down. Right. They said well, that once it went down, I'll have to move it back you're, up. You're, you're doing it. I'm doing all that. Doing and and I also actually focus enough to be able to move my fingertips on two of my fingers, which I wasn't okay. supposed to be able to move at all. Okay. So, but like you said, that's all mental stuff. Because mm-hmm. when right. I was, every time I came out of a surgery... When they told me, they said, okay, just don't try not to move your fingers at all. I said, okay. And I said, no, nah, I got I to gotta work the muscles out because I'm also mm-hmm. an ex-athlete. Ex-athletes right. know one thing you know about muscles is they if you don't use them, right. 
then they don't understand how to work anymore. Mm-hmm. Same thing with your brain. It's a muscle. Mm-hmm. So you look yeah. at it as if if I use this muscle, even when they tell me not to, mm-hmm. I, I can work it out on a low. <laughs> and that's what I looked at it as. It's like I, I wasn't fine in, two, in, in, in a month, like I said, but I in a month I was ready for legit like a re- rehabilitation. Like I, I was on a faster course than no, did anybody you, else. Did you ever like – have any kind of like therapy? Did you go in for any kind physical of physical hand therapy? Like in not not oh, not, oh not you mean mental? Yeah, mental? yeah, yeah. Like any kind of therapy. No nah, man. Like, <laughs> like like going through going I, through some of that stuff. I mean you never been down the way you were down. I, I've had a lot of really, really deep conversations with a lot of really good people. But uh re- realistically going into therapy, uh and instead of sitting down and talking to somebody, no but but let me tell you something. Uh, when I say I say that professionally, no, not professionally. I am uh, that realistic, that realism side of me. It kicks in, mm-hmm. and I go into these zones where some people, when they get, I, I do definitely deal with depression. I'm I'm an artist like anybody else. Yeah, yeah. But when I get into those zones, also what I do is I just go quiet, and I figure everything out. I start. Really thinking about who I am and what is going on, and, what, and I try to find the root problem. I don't just say, "Well, this will make me happy right now, so I do this, so that way I'm not I'm not sad anymore." Sadness is a very short term emotion. Uh, depression is can be a long term emotion if you allow it to be. Yeah. But the only way you don't allow that to be is when you say, "Let me get to the core problem," and that was some of the things I did after this uh, accident was I found my core problems, mm-hmm. and. After getting to that, I kind of, uh, I just didn't need to go to a therapist because I was like, I figured it out. When I go walk into therapy, it's most of the time because you need somebody to listen to you. Was it, were you, <clears throat> growing up, were your parents together? Or yes. They separated? They were together. They were together. My, mom, my mom and dad were together. My mom, like I said, just was sick. Well, what, she had multiple sick? sclerosis. My mom has multiple sclerosis too. So yeah, so, so yeah. You know, my mom, I'm guessing it's progressing a lot slow. My mom's right, doing so. so good. So yeah, you're good. She's so good. I mom, mean, she. When was she diagnosed? Ninety eight. Ninety eight. My mom was diagnosed in the eighties. Wow. So you know, I, it's a different. I, it was a different disease in I, the eighties. My girlfriend's mom has MS too. And when was she diagnosed? Ninety eight. Ninety eight. All right, yeah, cool. So yeah. so now it was crazy about most sclerosis. If you're diagnosed more recently, unless you have a faster form, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. that progresses. It, Depending on the disease itself, how it progresses, is how, um, of course, crazy like um, walking and not walking and all that, or just tremors. And, yeah. It all it all varies. My mother was diagnosed in the early eighties. Uh, at that point, it was a death wish. Yeah, legit. It's like okay, you're going to die in ten to fifteen years. Mm-hmm. My mom made it to about four or five years ago, wow. and she and then she passed, but. What made that even crazier was when I tell you that at one point, this is why I even know this. And, 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 and that's in the, in the brain too. Like that's like sort of like the power of what you, because when my mom got diagnosed, <laughs> they said, you'll be in a wheelchair in 10 years. And she said, no, I won't. Yeah. It's all, a lot of brain stuff involved in this, but mm-hmm. a lot of, and I say this to people, it was also a lot of, I seen the power of a few things in this and the stories my dad would tell me with this. Uh, my mom actually told me this stuff. Uh, when they diagnosed her, they were doing a lot of experimental drugs at the time. Mm-hmm. And she didn't know what to do. Of yeah. course, her and my dad are married at the time. My dad's, I, don't know, I, I say it's a lot, but I don't know if people even know it. But my dad's a preacher, right? Mm-hmm. He's also a teacher. That's how he makes his money. He's a preacher by, by calling, you know what I mean? And he said, she said to my dad, she said, I don't know what to do. Uh, you're my husband. 
You tell them what to do. Oh. This is what she did. She just did, and it wasn't like in a bad way. It no, wasn't yeah. like a. Cra- it was like one of the things like I trust you. Yeah, I've been trusting you for every. If I trust you to pick up the right groceries, yeah, I'm going to trust you with telling them if I want to take this experimental medicine. I mean, or not. <laughs> I mean, comparing groceries to apples to oranges, <laughs> uh, you know. But but it was one of those things where yeah. she was like, he was like, uh, of course he didn't want to do that. I mean, he right. told us his point of view was like, no, I didn't want anything to do. He said, yeah. I wanted her to make the decision, but she put it on him for a reason. Uh, and they prayed about it, they, and then down to the wire, they, and my dad said no to everything. Mm-hmm. He was like, no, I don't want any experimental stuff, and da 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 Come to find out that was the right decision, you know what I mean? Because yeah, out of that group, some people, of course, passed, some people lived, whatever, Cause, but they don't know how that would have took, of course, to my mom. Right. She, like again, exper- she passed experiment, five years yeah. ago, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and in the 80s, when people know how long she lived, I think good, almost 30 years after she was diagnosed, like, mm-hmm. They don't, that, if you know the disease, I remember one day when I started fighting with depression, I could tell you the exact day. It was one day I went to school and this is when I really was like, let me find out what my mom actually has, right? Mm-hmm. And I Googled it and I read about it. I started struggling with depression ever since that day because I didn't realize my mom was literally going How to die. How young were you when you I was 15. Which, okay. Oh, she had it since I was. No, I know because you said the 80s. So, like, when we were. She, oh, when she had it. Um, she, was she was diagnosed in the 80s. Before I was born. What happened was she was diagnosed between. I got two brothers. I got an older brother uh, and a middle brother. And there's me, of course. She was diagnosed between my oldest brother and my middle brother. Mm-hmm. I was technically probably the accident baby. You know, right. one day it was like, okay, we're done. You're sick. Then my dad was like, oh, one more. Oh, all right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> then no, there's a hot one coming in. You know what right, I mean? Right. Uh, and what makes it funny is my mom, when she had me, she had me in the house on the toilet. This is a true story. She had me in, literally in the, to- in the toilet. She didn't know she was having a baby at that moment, mm-hmm. which she was, like, she was like, yeah, I didn't feel any pain. I didn't know you were coming out. But she didn't feel, quote unquote, any pain for any of the kids. Right, because which she was probably because she the multiple groceries kicked in mm-hmm. because her body was going through stress and she didn't right. realize it. Right, but right. it was one of the things that kind of saved her from feeling any pain was yeah. a disease that she didn't know about at the time. Mm-hmm. And with me, she knew about it, but at that moment, it kicked in and whatever and all that, whatever. Right. But it was... So let's go back to you being born in the toilet. Um, <laughs> I didn't touch the bowl, according to her. I didn't. She said she, said she cuffed she, me right in She there. caught you. Yeah, that's what she said. I don't trust it. Uh, I, I mean, I, I told I her mean, she was lying. She had a lot her. of time to develop this story. Oh, yeah. She, I was like, I think you were lying. She's like, no, you didn't. I was like, Mom, come on. Now. You went for a swim and some. Uh, and to this day, I can't swim, which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> I have a legit feel of water. I had one, not not anymore since I got older. But you swim though, right? I can't. I really can't swim. I try to learn. I cannot do it. Can Can we go to LA Fitness? And no, go for a swim. No, I, do you know? I almost drowned like five times. In my life. Almost, and I, I've been try. I tried hard for years. I think the next go around for me to try again is like thirty five. All right, that's well, what I'm gonna try again. Well, let's uh, <laughs> let's let's take a walk over to LA Fitness pretty soon. <laughs> You and me, we go in that in that pool. And oh man, I I tried <laughs> swim lessons. We're both in our thirties. He's learning. He's I, learning. Guys. I sink like a rock, dude. I I go down. Well, there's a shallow act. There's a shallow I know, but I'm saying I just it's, people say you got to hold your breath. I remember sitting there and just sinking straight to the bottom. Like I just dropped like a rock. I'm dense. I I remember learning in camp when I when I was like when I was like six or something, but. When I, when you put that in the perspective of like, my mom provided that for us. No I went that, to camps. No I just couldn't she, swim. <laughs> she didn't. She didn't ever had that growing up. My mom oh, didn't right. learn to swim till she was thirty five. Oh, all right. So it's like okay, well, all right, well, 
It makes me makes me grateful for my mom. You know what I mean? Being mm. a single mom, having MS, like living through all that stuff, and you know, being a lesbian, and there's all this like confusion about like what's okay, and and how can somebody do that and not fuck their kid up? Like, and us having th- three and four of them. You know what I mean? Like, well, there's 11 years difference between me and my little mm-hmm. sister. So, I mean, having four kids and having them all not be complete messes is proves yeah. that, you know, like, that it's makes hard. me go, like, that makes me respect women so hard. And, like, this is something I, I tell this story, and I, I never never said it on, on the record before. Mm-hmm. But, like, um, when I was kind of single for a long time, <laughs> I was... Uh, I was hanging with my friend Justin, and we were in his car, and he was talking about, uh, like, he was talking about how long it's been since he's since he's had sex, and I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's been a while for me too. Like, I was just like feeling weird about it, mm-hmm. and then some girl in a car drove by, and he's like, oh, look at her, and I was like, oh yeah, she can get it, and then the second after I did it, I was like, ew, I would never say that. <laughs> it's not me. I don't do Is that. that. Just now? I don't say, yeah, she could get it, <laughs> and now I'm like. Now my me, my girlfriend will make fun of me for because like, that's when we differ. At, the, at a certain point, I was the, oh I was completely I, I was raised by all my family full of all men. Yeah, all never, men. Never yes. me. Ugh. Never me. I've never. But you know what's crazy about that? Uh, for a family full of all men, we got a few females. And that's what kind of kept us real on a level. The fact that we only had a few. Yeah. And those few is like, I mean, we had like and like like my cousins. They're like cute females. So we would say to them. I mean, one of them, she was really cute, and she was growing up, and she was just like, she was starting to get cute, and and you know how that is, when girls start being like, oh, I'm cute, I don't have to have a brain. Mm-hmm. I remember my dad pulling us out, I was like, um, all of us, all, and I see my older cousins do it, to me, like, yeah, you cute, that's nice, so what mm-hmm. else you got? Right. And then she was like, huh? And it was like, well, that cute stuff don't play in this house, like, mm-hmm. we... We don't want no dudes ever coming up to you and you're just cute. Right. Just like, cute girls get treated like just cute substance. girls. You yeah, got, you have you to have something. Bring something you know? to the table. So, and, I, and I, I've said that to all my little cousins because that's what my older cousin said to them. I also had an older cousin who has a whole bunch of kids tell me, this is why I don't have any kids to this day. He was like, I remember when I just, it was like he caught me literally a week before I started having sex. I decided that it was funny. I decided like a week before I was like, I'm going to start having sex. Next time I get a chance, it's going down, right? <laughs> Next time I get a chance, like I, like a chance had presented itself before. Well, let me tell you something, because, man. Uh, for, for nerds like me, a chance never presented oh, itself. Oh, man, I'm from the hood, and chances always presented themselves. And I would just nope. kind of like opt out, you know what I mean? Like I would be like, nah, I'm cool. And I played, I played football growing up. I just was like in the mix. I was literally around all the cool stuff. Like I was a cool kid, to be honest with you. I was a cool kid with a nerdy inside, right? That's what people didn't know. That's and- what I am now. I'm a cool kid. I'm a cool kid with a nerdy inside. So, except for I'm a grown man. So you're a nerdy kid with a cool inside, and I was a cool kid with a nerdy inside. Right, right. Oh, it's 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 awesome, right? But, but-, but like I'm the kind of nerd who's not good at anything. Like oh, you ain't got no nerd no, talent. No, I can't play video stuff. games. I wish I could. I. I can like I can like quote a lot of movies. I can you're do, good. That's that's nerd. I, I, I can do all that, but like you're, you're generally I, I just, smart. I, I just don't. I don't get into video games or comic books. Like I didn't read comic books when I was a kid because I didn't have the attention span. Like mm. I was so like wild all over the place because I just wanted to be 
you know, funny. Like, I just was trying to be funny all the time. Cartoon movie TV. That's yeah. what I was good yeah. at. Yeah. I wanted to be an actor. I Wayne's World, Tommy show. Boy, all the, oh, yeah, all the like, Lorne Michaels movies. <laughs> Any movie that was produced by Lorne Michaels. Dude, Night, yeah. Night at the Roxbury. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill yeah. and Ted. <laughs> all the good SNL movies back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, dude, it, it was, yeah. Just, yeah, I decided. And my cousin told me, he was like, he was like, Chris... And we had, we have we both Capricorns, which is funny. He said to me, he said, Chris, he was like, once you realize how easy it is to get, don't just realize how easy it is to get. I'm not going to tell you what to do or not to do. Cap- Capricorn December? Uh, Jane, early, well, late December, January. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm a Sagittarius. Oh, you're Sagittarius? Yeah, you're yeah. right before, you right before, so you mm-hmm. December, late, yeah. mid, like, yeah. December 1st. December 1st? Yeah. But that, you know what's funny? My mom, December 1st. My Same mom's birthday. December first too. Oh, this is creepy. Right. <laughs> I'm talking. Uh, oh, that is weird. No, my mom, that's her birthday. December yeah, yeah. Birthday. I have the same birthday as my mom, mm-hmm. uh, December first, and uh, and our moms both have MS. And yeah, that's um, crazy. December first. That's weird. <laughs> you you said you you lost her about five years ago. Yeah, well, I don't I, I don't count. I don't keep up with dates like that on purpose. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like five years ago. And that was my homie, man. Like, it was crazy is that was who, when everything didn't make any sense, because she wasn't a big talker. She was, she actually was a listener. That's what she likes doing. Well, you can, you can teach, you can teach being quiet. Yeah. Uh, si- silent and listen are the same words jumbled up. <laughs> That's funny. Because if you, if you spell it, mm-hmm. like, they're the same words. Yeah. It's so cool. I didn't, I didn't realize that until. A couple years ago, but that's so cool. But she was you. You seriously, you learn a lot when you're not when you're not, you know, talking a whole lot. Uh, So you can you can teach. Yeah, you can teach, but you know, do one another big lesson I learned being in a damn hospital. I was there for three weeks. Mm. Was I I understood because my mom she was in nursing home for a long time too. I. I can't tell you I can understand exactly what she was going through, but I understood to a certain extent when she couldn't leave that bed, how it felt. Mm-hmm. And that sucked. It was a weird... I, it was like I got kind of in tune with a lot of things. Well, you can become a prisoner in your own mind. Oh, yeah. Like, especially when you're trapped somewhere. And for her to be as happy and as into life as she was and, and all that... I didn't realize how hard that had to be on her even at times. But people would come to her room just to hang out with her because she was such she was such a nice person. Like the staff would just we would come there to visit her and they'd be like, Oh, I'm sorry, I was just hanging out. And they would just be sitting there knitting. She's like, That that, that was the place you hung out. If you if you were having a bad day, wow. you yeah. snuck off to her room because she usually would have Motown playing. It's on the radio. Mm-hmm. She liked her, she liked her music. She had wow. music playing. Very rarely had the T V on. She didn't really love the T V too much. Uh, she liked m- movies and stuff like that, but she was a real person. She's also the reason why. And I, I, this is a funny off-brand story. Why I was not? I was a Cosby fan as a kid, in general, because he was Bill Cosby. Yeah, he was yeah. cool as hell. I mean, everybody was uh, Cosby. Yeah, I but mean, bef- well before the whole yeah, yeah, the of new stuff, yeah. mm-hmm. I stopped being a Cosby fan because one day my mom told me a story. She said. He said, I like Cosby. This is what she said. She, she, my mom's from North Philly. She's like, I like Cosby. Don't get me wrong. I think he's he's funny and all that stuff. This is, of course, well before everything went down. But she said, he's from my neighborhood. She he, she said he literally lived around the corner from her. Mm-hmm. He was like, when he left, 
he never came back. Mm-hmm. She said, I'm not saying that he has to. I understand. You leave, whatever, you go get famous. That's mm-hmm. cool. She said, but when I say he never came back, I mean he did all these drives and giving back to the community everywhere except for his community. Mm-hmm. And that community she lived in, of course, they end up becoming a good neighborhood anyway and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And it's not gentrified. It's actually just a it's a all-black neighborhood. It's mm-hmm. just a nice neighborhood that she grew up in. But she was like, he never came. She's like, she's like and I'm not angry at him. She said, it's just weird for it's, somebody to never, ever is, come back. What is the thing I... I I shared something the the other day that was like you don't realize how strong you are till you have to forgive somebody who never apologized. Yeah, and I think that like with with stuff like that, mm-hmm. you you go that 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 it's that same thing like that. Forgive them; they know not what they do. Yeah, so it goes back to Jesus. Yeah, but <laughs> Jesus was cool. <laughs> <laughs> was like I, I I feel like I'm doing that so often because it's like. What what is this what is this energy gonna do to me if I hang on to oh, it? Oh, it completely pulls you down. Uh, right, because then 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 you be just you, then you just become a victim constantly, <laughs> and then you just stay a victim. I I, st- I started my career when this is before you, I met you. Uh, I started my when I started my career first few months. Of course, I was very happy. You know how that is. Then you dip into that nice sad realm of well, like, no one cares about your. Stand-up. I was just talking about this. On, uh, I was just talking about this on the wrestling podcast. I was yeah. talking about how like it takes. I I quoted Mike Birbiglia when he mm. talks about like it takes a level of delusion to like go up there and bomb like horrible and be like, mm. well, that was good. I guess I'm gonna try that again. Yeah, like it really it takes. My first three times up, I, I bombed awfully at college. I I quote, I, well, I'll, I'll talk about it, and I'll quote uh, Joe Joe Doc Joey mm-hmm. Doc when he does that thing. It was like when he got up there, and someone was like, "Man, you're brave," and he's like, "Well, I was going for funny." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but dude, I took it to the. I mean, when I first started, I was uh, first just optimistic, very enjoying it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, then of course I started getting funny right. and then I started noticing then you start looking around you start noticing everything you start noticing the business around you yeah. and it started sucking right then you know what I started doing I started telling jokes to prove people how funny I was mm-hmm. this was the most negative point of view you can tell jokes from it is, and people don't get that there are comics nowadays who they build whole careers over proving to people how funny they are which doesn't mean anything in the, the day you become extremely funny and you make you, you make good money but and the day you go home, you look in the mirror, you're not that happy. And I know this from personal experience. So I said to say this, like, coming out and just being negative and basing anything on any sort of negativity, ultimately it will drag you down. Yeah. And that's where stand-up, it was starting to at some point drag me down because I remember when I got real fun. I mean, to the point where I was unfollowably funny. Mm-hmm. This is, again, before you met me, this is all within, like, the first three years of my career. What, I got, year, uh, you, what year did you start? I start out uh, 06. Okay, yeah. I, I started coming around in like 08. Yeah, and right mm-hmm. when you mm-hmm. met me, it was more... When when the Ravens started, I was in a better mm-hmm. place. I yeah, was, yeah. I was just starting to become in a better place. But, uh, dude, I was going up there at the laugh and being like... Because uh, you could see, like, when y'all met me, I was like... You was like, why is he so funny? <laughs> like, and I, I was like a beast. Like, I would go up and just do... Every, I would hammer I never did the laugh house. I always wanted to. Yeah, well, they're nice and deliciously closed now. But yeah. <laughs> I always wanted to when they were open. I, know, yeah. I never got a chance to. But, dude, I, I would go up there, and you had to fight for those spots right. then. I mean, not physically, but you right. literally yeah. had to go up there and well, be that, funny. That's be what out it's like, funny. Uh, it's like, 
and I, this is something going back to like mm-hmm. the New York thing, like getting on in New York, like from what I can tell, super tough. It's, and, and, yeah. and even like LA, I went to LA in January and I kept signing up and I wouldn't get put on anymore. Well, LA, LA is I don't I can't tell you about LA, but I know about New York. Real talk, come down to this: you you go out and you'll get a few spots on the eye if you knew. Mm-hmm. Then when people see you, they actually it's two questions: is he intimidate? Is is he going to take my spots, or is he just going to get in where he fit in, or is he just not funny? That's the really really the main three things. Mm-hmm. If you go and just get in where you fit in out the gate, people people will let you get a little bit more spots. I came out and I was coming out like a, an assassin. I was coming, hey, what's up, y'all? Ha ha ha! And I'm just hitting them punchline after punchline after punchline, and I'm killing right. I remember uh, somebody pulled me aside. Was like, Chris, you gotta learn the New York timing. I was like, What you mean? They was like, You going up there and you smashing, but you're not giving the crowd enough time to comprehend any of your jokes. <laughs> you are so busy la- making them laugh that they laughing at like four jokes back because you just hitting them over the head. I was like, That's 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 more of a Philly style though. Back yeah, in the day, that was yeah. more how you did it. In Philly, if you wanted to get on, you had to hit them. They gotta be mid. They gotta be four last back so that way by the time you get off stage, they still kind of laughing. They, I mean, back. Man, used to if you was out and back in like oh eight, I would say even then you would get off stage and people would be like, oh man, he was he was good. He that's comedy right there. That's yeah yeah. Who is this next guy? Let's see what you got. And that's how aggressive it was. Right now you go up and people are like, I can wait two minutes for a laugh, and I'm like I'm be in my mind like two minutes for a laugh. You should be, they should be laughing already, you know? Now I've learned how to slow, but when I went to New York, I learned how to slow down enough. Not, not meaning like I, I didn't, it didn't mean not hitting with as many punchlines. It means giving them comprehension time. You know what I mean? Giving them a little second to take it in. You know what I mean? Get that laugh. If that means just stop talking. I mean, hey, how did I, pow, ha. Y'all crazy. Y'all, y'all doing out there. Look at look at you with your dumb face. Look at that. All right, look. So now this is the next thing that happened. Then you just go. But that little moment was enough for them to take in what you actually said, process it, store it for half a memory. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, like I said, I, I love, if you want to ever just talk jokes, I can talk joke structure. I am like a, a corny English teacher. I can talk joke structure. <laughs> uh, format. I can talk timing. I can. Uh, uh, I'm sitting there and I can break that down. If you ask me where Kansas City is on the map, I slap shit out you because I don't know what that is. <laughs> what the fuck, Kansas City? You is. get slapped. You get slapped. <laughs> you get, you get a, a straight slap across the face in Kansas City. What? So anybody listening here, if you ever run into Chris Cotton, and you, you, and now I'm next him, to a map. Ask him where Kansas City is. Pull up the map on your phone. Slap shit out you, good. <laughs> Just to see what happens. The slap is coming, man. And don't forget to hit my man up, Corey, with with, a, with some. Come on, man. Hit him with some passwords, man. What you need? You need? You got Netflix? I got Netflix. Oh, you got Netflix? You yeah. just need Hulu. What you no, need? No, I got Hulu. Uh, I, HBO I need Go. HBO. And HBO. I need Showtime. All right, we need HBO with Showtime. So hook him up, man. I know y'all listening hook, to this. Hook, hook it up. <laughs> <laughs> I got WWE Network. I'll hook you up. <laughs> That's all he got. That and Netflix. Is the Netflix yours? No, that's my sister. Oh, then no, he can't hand off to Netflix. That's the rules. I mean, because we don't want you adding stuff to the queue. Oh, crazy. You come back, there's all these weird things on there. Who watched that? <laughs> that is the worst, man. Like, when you come back, you're like, oh, 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 oh who's watching this, man? We got kids that's on this Netflix account. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's even funnier, like, when I, I used to use my neighbors, and mm-hmm. you would be like, who the fuck is watching cartoons on my Netflix? <laughs> 
He would get offended by the cartoons. By me watching cartoons. Dude, I, yeah, I, I, I'm a fan of a good cartoon. The other day, one day I was just sitting in the house watching all the uh, Kung Fu Pandas. One of the best days I had in a while. It was like months ago. I was in a funk, and I just said, let's put some Kung Fu Panda on. Yeah, I mean, oh, I was Kung just Panda having that conversation today about, um, because um, my last episode that I did on here, like, I got some feedback today, and it was kind of like, hey, yeah, that uh, that episode was kind of a drag. It was kind of sad. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean for it to be sad. <laughs> um, but, all right. Um, it, it was good, though. It was it just parts of it were a little depressing. And then, like, I was it's like, life, man. I was like, well, look, I, here's how I, this is how I get through some sad times. It's like, I'll watch some funny stand-up specials, ones that I already know are funny. Yeah. Like, I can watch John Mulaney stand-up. Any day of the week. Emily is hilarious. And uh <clears throat> and and still crack up all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh I watch any crawl show still and you laugh. Crawl show fan. <laughs> and the Key and Peel, watch uh, watch Chappelle show, all that stuff all over again mm-hmm. and still laugh every time. But um re- pro wrestling will do it for me sometimes, like watching some old wrestling. Maybe not my own stuff. Attitude er- attitude era. <laughs> yeah. It's always attitude era. It's the best era. I don't care what anybody says, man. Maybe not my own stuff all mm. the time to make to like get me out of a funk cuz mm. you know sometimes and this is the most arrogant thing you'll ever hear me say mm. sometimes i'll watch me or i'll hear me or i'll read something i wrote or i'll oh my god this is going to sound like such a piece of shit thing to say and you're going to hate me once i no, say I'm it cuz i always say and i'm i'm kind of joking but i'm a little sincere at the same time if i wasn't me i'd wish i was me <laughs> what a piece of a, shit! No, no, that's that's the, that's the see that's the artist side of you. And, and so, dude, I, I agree with you. At moments, you'd be like, "Man, if I could be me, that'd be dope, man." Like, <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. <laughs> what is, like I, I, I'm I'm a humble guy, and mm-hmm. and for me to, to say I'm a humble guy right after saying, "Man, if I wasn't me, I'd be jealous of me so hard." <laughs> <laughs> dude, so th- to get you out of funk, have you ever watched Terry Funk? Um, dude, <laughs> here's the thing, man. Um, I'm a Terry Funk fan. He, he, he is connected. He can really make you feel things. And sometimes when you're yeah. not ready to feel a lot of things, oh, Terry you don't, Funk, you don't want to feel yeah. all the things he's making you feel. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, but I, dude, I've gotten a lot of enjoyment out of Terry Funk stuff. Like he was inspiration in his old ECW, ECW days when mm-hmm. he was like. What is he, 50, 57 years well, his old? his knees were only kind of bad. Yeah, and and he was <laughs> he was like uh, talking about what hardcore was, and mm-hmm. he's like, hardcore is in your heart. Like that that was like real drive for like wanting to wanting to succeed in anything. It didn't even have to be pro wrestling, but like it was inspirational. So mm-hmm. it can get you out of a funk for sure. But sometimes, like <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it gets too sad. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the hey, man. You gotta take the good with the bad. I say to people sometimes they call me and I'm inspired. I got inspirational, Chris. And like, yo, man, you can do it all. <laughs> then somebody call me like, look, man, you gonna do it all, but in the meantime, you are gonna fail. Now, look. <laughs> I mean, there's no like, there's no magic wand, man. Yeah, there, there's there is tough times, but there's you got to put hard work in to get good times, like. Like uh, the thing I constantly say is like, there's no there's no cheat no cheat code, like there's no fix. Mm-hmm. Like you can improve your life, but you're not gonna fix your life. Mm-hmm. There's called self help books, not self fix books. Damn, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Look at those self fix books. 
oh man, I gotta, I gotta. <laughs> I was this. thinking about writing a self-fixed book. That's what people think. That's what you know. What's funny? That's why I, I do laugh at people who I, I always I laugh at people who who try to get angry at. First of all, I'm not a religious person. I say this to people all the time. I'm not a religious person for a reason. I tell you that to your face. I, I tell, when anybody brings up religion, that's why I told you I'm a faith well, believer. You're, right? you're the son of a preacher, man. Yeah, but I am I am not a religious This is why I love my dad as a preacher. Uh, he has never pushed religion on us at all. Right. He's actually one of the broke. He was one of the brokest preachers you're ever going to meet in your life mm-hmm. because he didn't believe in Religion. Now, religion is the thing that you hate and you should hate. It is a very fake well, thing. Well, I mean, hating. Well, no, well, well, hold on. Not like okay, it. Yeah, I guess. Let me change that because people, I forgot, people take everything out of context nowadays. <laughs> um, you should dislike religion because it is based off of a system put in place to keep people in kind of checks and balances. Yeah, and I hate that portion of it. Now, I understand for, for some people, they do need religion because. Of where they came from in life. Now, I would say some ex-drug addicts who really can't comprehend structure of life, religion helps them because it helps them structure their mindset and their thinking. Um, but then that's where it, it becomes scary because then you have these religious leaders who prey on people who need structure. Well, I mean, and that's what I hate about. That's why I said people. The, oh, the, the parts about the parts about organized religion, then like. Then uh, preying on the on the weak, yeah. But then also preying on the scared. Oh yeah, it's like, because this is driving this fear into you. Because Jesus died for your sins mm-hmm. makes people equate you did wrong shit, and this now 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 apologize to Jesus, and it's it's really like oh, now, it's very it's very like. Did you ever see that episode of uh, Louis? When they he did the flashback when he was like in church. No. Uh, he he uh, went into the church when like nobody else was in there, mm-hmm. and he pulled Jesus off of the cross, mm-hmm. and he was like, "I'm sorry, Jesus." <laughs> <laughs> like this this That's kid, funny. and it's like, yeah, I get. There's all this fear because it's not just fear of that you did wrong and that you constantly are wrong, but it's like this fear of this eternal. Damnation of your soul, and that's how oh, people and, suck, man. And it's like you, you, you're working and you talk to people sometimes, and they, they seem so down. They say, "Well, how do you do it?" And you say, "Well, I pray and I do this," and they say, "That doesn't, that doesn't work." I went to a church one time, and they told me to just give money, and I'm like, "I know, because a lot of them suck." <laughs> but here, this is what you. Right. This is really what it's about. It has nothing to do with that. But my cousin is gay, and doesn't he hate gay people? I said, oh, let's relax here. He had his views, but end of the day, he helped everybody. Well, <laughs> like, it comes, and it's hard to explain to people. It's, it's hard to explain it's, that. It's, it's it has... tough to find context in a time. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, when Jesus was around, the world was a way different place. We mm. didn't have magical devices that told us every <laughs> single thing we ever yeah. wanted to know. Just, just, <laughs> just use mm. your thumbs and figure out what it is that you can't figure out. Like the world is so changed, and I mean the people. And this goes back to what you were talking about the people, the man writing this mm. book. They have to translate it from Aramaic, yeah. and maybe the person translating goes, "Wait, this says something." Not, no, what it's really supposed to say is. Mm. Oh, gays are wrong. Mm-hmm. And Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah was like, 
they were raping people. It they was were, a bad time, man. They, they it were was ugly. They so they they rained fire on these homosexuals, but they weren't homosexuals because they were in love with other men. They were homosexuals because they were fucking raping people. It's, it's a <laughs> like, like I said, it's a it's a it's a weird. But then, but then the priests will do the same thing. Dude, I, and I think that for we're not even going to discuss. I, like I said, I'm, I was raised Baptist. We're not even going to discuss the Catholic Church. That right, is right. a whole different. That's you know what's funny. That's how you know they're so separated. It's like you got you got <laughs> you got all these Baptist church people got all that. Hey, we believe in Jesus. Catholic Church is like. Now, Mary, we're going to hang out with her, and we'll, the rest right. will fill in. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa here, Catholic Church. And, they, and But at the same token, it comes down to and the thing. What I learned was from just reading myself, and being, I just learned it's like, if you have no personal relationship at all with, first of all, you, there is no person who can go talk to another thing that you believe in for you. Right. Like, that's another thing that people really... Believe it. You have to right. go. It's like when people ask me, "How do I become a comic?" And I say, "You just start." They say, so "Hold on, I know you. So now, can I just go? If <laughs> I go like, here to this mic and I tell them I know you, I'm like, no, like, you don't need me to sign the, up.' The priest you know I mean? is not the payphone to God, and that's what that. But you know what's funny? People can't comprehend it. It's right. not. Right. People believe that this person, this thing, is the way to this other thing. Something that I think disturbs me now. Not 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 disturbs me, but it's something that that gives. Growing up, all I wanted to grits. What I wanted to be when I was a kid was a stand-up comedian yeah. and a professional wrestler. I wanted to be on stage for a living. Yeah, and these dudes were up on stage talking on a mic. And like this is an altar, but I was yeah. like, "That's a stage." He's up there on stage. We're all looking at him, and like then mm-hmm. I started thinking about the ring, and the ring is raised up, and everyone has to look up at it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like. Maybe that like gave me an idea of showbiz, you know. What I mean? The end of the day, that's what it came down to. Yeah, preachers are very similar. They're performers. End of the day, you're an artist. You you have the same artistic streak in you. You just don't. It, it's formatted differently. It's supposed to be. That's the thing. It's supposed to be formatted differently. But once people tap into really what the core of that art artistry is. You can reformat to whatever you want, and you got to deal with the the results of that. My dad could have sat there and said, "I can get a big mega church and exploit people for money." He never did. You know what he did? He decided to be at small churches where they have only a few members, but for some reason the doors never close, and he never makes any money. And everybody in in the, in the church tends to get what they need. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's more about the connection. So yeah. that just is that's you. He gave that to you. Yes, it's absolutely. Just, that's. Part of what you do now, yeah. So that's that's awesome, man. I mean, you think about like the lessons you learn from role models, and I and then mm-hmm. then that hits me and goes like, well, I want to be a role model. Like I want at some point, and I mean, I just had you are. I just had a friend telling sense. me the other day that I was a role model, and I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. My, my but, friend told me if I I remember at one point I called him, I was like, I'm done with it. You know, you know, out of that uh. The, Quitting day. It was. I was always a quitting day with comedy. I'm done with this, man. I'm done. No one cares. No one's paying attention. Da, 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 da. I start rattling off, and he was like, he was like, you know, because he's a, a EMT worker, right? Mm-hmm. He was before that. He just worked jobs, whatever. He's making good money, but he said to me, uh, he was like, you know, why I became an EMT worker? He was like, like, no, man, what's good? He was like, um, because you had the balls to do comedy, and we all see you go broke. All the time, he mm-hmm. said, and you still show up. He said, "You're funnier than most people I've ever seen, mm-hmm. and no one cares." But you know something, you still do it, 
and we all watch and we all like, man, I wish Chris could just blow up so that way this uh, he can just get some return. We said, but in turn, I looked at it and I said to my wife, if Chris can do this and he not make any money, EMT worker, I'll make money and I'll just get to help. My visa, I became an EMT worker so that way the people we grew up with that died when the ambulance didn't come in time because they were shot in some weird scenario. Mm-hmm. He said, I want to just go back to our old hood. He says, in as, as simple as said, I just want to go back to our old hood and just be an EMT worker there. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I was just quiet because I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> I guess I'm not quitting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get I get in that sometimes too. Yeah. And you don't realize who who's all paying attention. Like, who's paying attention to your ups and your downs? Mm. And I mean, like, really going, like, look at this guy. He's an example. Man, I can't put up a negative post. I know if I put up any, if I put a positive post, I don't hear a thing. If I put up a, and literally, I can put, one day I put up a, I just put up the huffing emoji. Mm-hmm. I got a text like, yo, you good, man? <laughs> you know, you can't quit, Chris. I was like, I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm in the funk today, but I'm all right. Thank you. Yeah. You sure, man? You good? I was like, no, nah, I'm cool. I, but that's. You know what's funny? That's my. I'm realizing my fans are just different. My fans are similar to my personality. If I look at somebody and I see them put a post up of something where they're not happy, I'll reach out. When I see you put up post of something that's positive, I'll hopefully put a like up there. Sometimes I do a comment, but most of the time I just try to at least like it so that I learn to do that because I see myself people don't like as much positivity. But do you do you like your own posts? No, I do that all the time. <laughs> Just to get it started. <laughs> what a nerd. What a nerd I am. I like my own voice. Let me just get it started. Like, well, I like to look back the next day and I'm like, only only got one other like on this. It needs another like. Oh, so, this was just me when I was I liked I think, it twice. Like my, my girlfriend's the only one who likes any of my posts online sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes. But and yeah. I have to I'll be like, this deserves more love. <laughs> Go back and click yeah, on my own stuff. I, I can't, like I said, I can't be negative. Uh not that I can't. I, I can I can go through stuff like anybody else can. But online, uh I didn't like you said, I didn't notice how many people was paying attention to me. I put up a few posts, uh what's this white ways back when I first was going through everything and they were just like, Yo man, you all right, man. Uh, a lot of a lot of direct messaging. Which mm-hmm. is it does show that I have fans the fans that are fans truly of my comedy are more similar to my personality. Mm-hmm. But it's sincere, man. It's, yeah, and it's, it's, that's the thing that's genuine. crazy. I'm like, they really do give a crap mm-hmm. about people. Like, I give a crap about people, and they feel that energy through my stand-up, so they give a crap about people. Mm-hmm. And at this moment, they realize, oh, Chris needs somebody to give a crap about him. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the... Yeah, man, I... I, I I can relate. <laughs> I think it's great. But it's like shocking almost. It, but it, at the same time, it makes me go like when I was just talking about like oh, the thing I said was a shitty thing. But I'm a humble guy. But so when I come back and I say like I have fans, I don't even like to say that. I just go I have I have friends. Dude, man. Like, fans is a weird thing to have fans, bro. I, I don't I don't wanna, I don't want to like say it out loud because then uh, I don't see like I'm humble. Gotta, Gotta start embracing some of the positivity. That's something that's that was taught to me by by somebody, and mostly my wife screaming at me. But a lot of other people saying to me too when I was going through funks was embrace the positivity that is around you. Well, I was having this conversation with Jack when he was in here, and I was mm-hmm. talking about like having access to stats and like looking back on how many people have liked stuff and getting stuck in those funks. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why don't I have more? Why don't I have more this and more that? And it'll beat me up. But I'm like, but at the same time. 
I can just fucking throw this phone and not look at it anymore. Oh, no, like, yeah, just, like, those likes and sh- they, likes no, don't mean shit, right? But <laughs> but I, I can find myself wrapped up in it, and it's it's quite a weird thing. Like uh, me and my girlfriend, uh, when we first got together, she just signed up for Twitter, like right after she started dating me, mm-hmm. and within a month. She tripled my followers, yeah, because she's a pretty girl with big boobies. That, I, that works. That tends and, to work. And I'm like, oh, well, I want more. <laughs> I, like, look, I get it's 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 so stupid that I get so jealous, and it's like that's not. I don't get jealous that dudes are liking her posts and like talking to her and trying to say shit to her because I don't. I'm not a jealous yeah. boyfriend, but I'm more jealous. I'm like, why don't I have more likes? Yeah. Why don't I have more follows? But yeah. <laughs> that needs to that needs to stop being such a primary, like, like it's so first world. It's the first, the most first world problem I could have because it's like I have this opportunity, I have this voice, I have this, I have this outlet mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, I'm so lucky to have. Whether one person listens to it or a billion people listen to it, if it helps that one person who listens to it, then I feel really accomplished. Like, I really, like, for me to now get a little bit of feedback here and there when people, like, my friends listen to it and feel a certain way and then reach out to me. And that's why I, I don't like to say fans because these people who reach out to me are friends. Like, that, that, it means something to me. Like this woman, um, she's in. She's in. Uh, oh, I, I I don't want to. I don't want to say things like too wrong. I don't want to misquote yeah. it. But I know she had something wrong with her legs. They had to like take all of her mm-hmm. like meat off of her leg or something. Oh man! And like she's been, she's been like in and out of these uh, these rehab facilities, and um, she. She she really hit me like a couple weeks ago and was like, you know, you're a huge inspiration, and I was like, gee, what what am I <laughs> like? I it, it it was hard for me to grasp it. And you throw you through a loop. It a did. Bit, it threw yeah. me through a, a total loop, and I, and it wasn't even because I'm doing this. It was because of of the 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 surgery, the brain surgery, and then coming back to wrestling. She was like, well, well, of course you can do that, and I can get through this. Man, so she got herself up and started walking again, like do like, like if that can if that kind of thing can happen for more than one person who's listening to this, <clears throat> and then right after that, <laughs> I was shameless plugging. I was like, oh well, just from looking at my Facebook pictures and posts, that made you think you should listen to my podcast. Okay. <laughs> Check this out. That'll really hit you on the inspiration zone. <laughs> <laughs> That'll get you nice and inspired. Check this out. <laughs> Here you can hear what I'm really like, <laughs> dude. I, I was I I, I remember uh, who like I told you Monroe's one of my best friends, and that's for a reason. Sometimes we call, I call him, and he he just checks me on how I feel about stuff. A while this is years back. I remember one time I was complaining about my jokes, and he was like, "Do you know how many people come to me about jokes you wrote?" <laughs> Do you know how people? As, as man, people do that with choices. No, you don't get it. Comics look at the way you structure because you have no structure. They said to them what they see is you going up and talking, yeah. and I say that's to them, the goal. Yeah, and I and, and exactly to them they like they can't believe that you're still here next to them telling jokes. 
and and they see me and they say, well, Monroe was hilarious too. And I look at it like, what? Everybody comes to me and it's like, you know Monroe. And the, but then I realized it's this perspective because the kind of, but then I also looked at something like, it's crazy because over my career, like what you did when I was on here, you said to me, you brought up jokes. Mm-hmm. And I wrote those jokes and I wrote them. I said, I hope people take them in for what they are and mm-hmm. they see them for what I'm trying to say in it. And and they always do. And that's what I'm like. I'm like, I figured out a way to translate my feelings via tr- joke form and also keep it in context and all this other stuff that you want to add in that's like so super technical. You want to make an impression. Yeah, and, I, and exactly. And at the end of the day, when you boil down, I make impressions that stick mm-hmm. and people come back and tell me my jokes. And I'm sitting there saying, that was nine sets ago. That was... Yeah. That was uh, three months in. That was six months in. Mm-hmm. And I know to to me, I'm like, that's old. Like, here's the new shit. Mm-hmm. And in their mind, it's like, no, no, no. I've been loving you since that moment. Yeah. I just need to find more of I, you. I, I have a, <laughs> I have a really encyclopedic brain. I mean, mm-hmm. not not to discredit the fact that I remembered your bits because yeah. I fuck, I loved your I loved all your comedy. I'm not I'm not trying to I'm not trying to hold up your ladder. I'm no no that's to, no that's cool. Uh, but I I could remember. Like all the guy, all the guys from back then mm-hmm. that were around, I would say like Daryl. Like I would remember his jokes, and I remember like, like there's a couple of people like James Heskey. I remember yeah. a lot of his stuff, and I would say like, I would say to my ex at the time, I would be like, I would say like, oh, remember know this guy? And she'd be like, no. And be like, oh, he's the one who does the joke like this. And, <laughs> yeah. and she'd be like, oh, okay. I'm not gonna remember that, but like, but. I could just had a way of I was a fan of comedy already so hard that being around those other comics made me feel like I was a part of the shit that I should have been watching. You know what I mean? Man. So I was in the right place at the right time. And Noah, like I mean, oh yeah, a hundred percent Noah. And when I had Noah on here, it was all about that. And I mm. felt like it was he he kind of was helping me so much in. In the fact that I wanted to be a comedian, and he already was one, but he met me at Helium. Like I was doing Philly's Funniest, and he came up and met met me during that because yeah, Noah was Noah's a good kid. He, he, <laughs> want, he wanted to be in the wrestling business, and I yeah. kind of shepherded him into the wrestling business. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, I I don't want to take credit for his stuff because he's worked really fucking hard. And it has nothing to do with me. Is he a wrestler? What does he, he do now? He does commentary for um, for Jakara. Mm-hmm. He does. Um, he he. Tra- I know he, he's doing a lot of comic stuff. He does. Comic, com- he does like the cosplay wrestling. Yeah, yeah, he. Do, I I do that with him now sometimes, and uh, and uh, the the uh, he does um, he does a, like a mask gimmick in Chikara, I think. That's dope. So I mean, he's more into wrestling now than he ever was mm-hmm. when like we, I first started pushing him towards it but i was like here's some people you should know go know those people and it's funny if you like listen to his podcast you look look at the list and it's like wrestler da, 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 da. comic 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 wrestler wrestler comic 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 so i'm like okay that's kind of how mine is but mine isn't as as niche i don't have the the um i don't have the audience that is going to be because like last last episode i had I had a wrestler on. Mm. Week before that, I had some old lady on. <laughs> the week yeah, that's what I was so it's like <laughs> it's it's like 
and no disrespect when I said some old lady, she'll yeah, yeah, she'll yeah. listen and be like, "What the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> You're not that old. I heard I heard the episode. You're not that old. Oh shit, yo. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, but it won't be. I don't have. I don't. I didn't select a niche. Like I didn't Ooh. select a thing that's gonna be <clears throat> that's gonna be cons- considered like a brand of comic comedy or wrestling or whatever. Like the thing I do on Fridays with my friends. That's a wrestling podcast. Mm-hmm. We talk about pro wrestling. Here, wrestling comes up, but it's not the that's main. Mean, it's just, it's, it's part of who you thing. are, though. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. part of your, your makeup, and that's not wrong with that. It's like, if you ask me if I want to talk, I try to talk about everything but stand-up, uh, because to me, it's just a, it's a boring, mundane conversation. I, I try to definitely not talk about jokes, because I become, like I said, I become like an English teacher. But uh, aside from that, I, I enjoy it, and it is part of who I am, and... It's part of my makeup. I wouldn't be here if I wasn't a stand-up. Weird. You know what I mean? You wouldn't be here if you wasn't at some point a wrestler. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? If if yeah. uh, if you, we are, we're where we're supposed to be as long as we do what we're supposed to do, and you'll get what you're supposed to get as long as you're where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And that sounded so corny, but it's the truest thing ever. Like, yeah, it was, like it was, I told you, I learned a lot from this accident. One of the things was just be in the right place. If you're you know? on iTunes, re- hit the rewind 15 seconds button and listen back. I can't repeat that if I try to. <laughs> I'm being honest. <laughs> but, uh, but like, really, like when I'm when I'm trying to describe what I am, and in like one of those things where it tries to give you like a paragraph to describe what you are mm-hmm. or whatever, I'll I'll say comedian in there, even though. When you're talking to me, I don't consider myself a comedian. I consider myself a huge comedy fan who's who does comedy sometimes, mm. but n- not a comedian. I'm a wrestler and an actor and a podcaster, but I don't talk about like like I don't talk about like my real job. Like I'm, you want to know what I don't ever list, but it's probably one of the biggest things I do. But I don't like to be labeled as this because people. Suck again. It's come down to people just sucking. Like honestly, I'm one of the things I was always driven to do is like to be an activist. But I don't do it in the general terms of like going out like picket signs and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, like I really just that talent I have of connecting people and one of the gifts I've been given and uh, to be able to meet a whole bunch of really important people. Mm-hmm. And what I do is I sort through. I'm from the hood. I live still in the hood. I live back in the hood. And one of the things I used to say when I was a kid, I used to look on TV and be like, man, if I knew somebody who can put me in contact with this person when I was like 10, I really probably would have been um, some kid you never, you would have never met. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would have been on TV somewhere worth a whole bunch of money. And I was super talented as a kid. Uh, but I looked at it, I said, man, as I got older, I said, if I, I never met that person as a kid. So why can't I be that person? Mm-hmm. Why can't if I'm not him at least be the middleman to that person? Mm-hmm. That's and and through that, I uh, this is how and you, I know you say you started off saying you're an activist. Through that, I've done a lot of. Oh, I didn't say I was an activist. No, no, no. I'm saying I did. Oh, I did. Oh, okay. I did. But I, mean, I know. I said. I said. I know I would, you might I, be thinking. I would love I, to consider myself no, an activist. But, but this, yeah. this is this is how That's, I've learned how to reformat it. Mm-hmm. I don't. If I can't, if I'm not going to go out with picket signs and all sorts of nonsense, what you can do is that next list of of actors and stars and coming coming up through where you from. Mm-hmm. If you can talk to them before the the industry quote unquote talks to them and it gets in their head and kind of 
reformats their morality. Mm-hmm. If you can kind of get in them and kind of embed a few morals in there that hopefully become unshakable later, man, you just did the world a, a huge favor because that's what that's what's missing in TV movies and everything else is the fact that the moral code has been so shattered yeah. and just handed out. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that people just don't have that moral. It's it's very like the. I go back to saying the best knowledge with anything comes from experiencing everything, mm-hmm. and you you know it's wisdom, man. What's that? That's wisdom. That's not even knowledge at that point. It becomes wisdom. Yeah, you have to you have to experience things to know things, and you have to fuck up. Oh yeah, you have to you have to mess a few things up. You got to screw up. You got to fall down really hard before you ever decide that you're going to dust yourself back up, let alone then pick yourself back up and figure out how you're going to do something else. I mean, I, <clears throat> I, I, couldn't, I couldn't tell you how many times I've screwed up and how many times maybe an opportunity could have come across that would have changed my life and I screwed it up. Like, when I was like 17 years old, I, I auditioned to be in the movie Holes. What if mm-hmm. I had gotten that? <laughs> What if I got to be in holes? You know, I don't know if that. Well, that could have. That, that was a great movie. A lot of people love that movie. Yeah. I've never seen it. I've, I've heard good things. Uh, Shia LaBeouf before he became a dick. I mean, right, right, right. I could have been friends with Shia LaBeouf. Actually, it's funny because Shia LaBeouf became a dick to to the white community, but the black community now loves Shia LaBeouf. Okay. I don't. He, he, he's a rapper. And he, sometimes he's annoying, but it's like ah, we he's he switched over to us because he's like ah, we still love you. He's like all right. I cool. love when he had like, the mullet in that green screen video and he's like do it. <laughs> I guess we got to get out of here soon because I got to actually go home. My, yeah. my, I've gotten text from my wife, so I should probably leave soon. <laughs> All right, man. Do you have anything you want to talk about? You want to plug? You want to get out there? I'm, I'm going to plug uh, at Cotton215 is on everything and on the back of my, my shirt also. But at Cotton215. <laughs> uh, let me think. October 4th. This comes out very soon, right? So this will be tonight. Okay. okay. Right? October 4th. I'll be headlining at the Punchline uh, Comedy Club in Philly. Uh, if hey, if you want free tickets, just hit me up on at Cotton Two One Five on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everything, uh, and contact me, and I'll give you as many tickets as you want. And Corey, oh, you I, got a free? Hey, let me know because I have I have an unlimited guest list, so I'm using it to the fullest. Dude, so Corey, I, dude, I, I always want to be. I was down there recently. Well, the thing is, and, and this is kind of maybe who even cares if this mm-hmm. is on mic or not, but like the people who run the podcast studio that we. That we uh, that we do a wrestling podcast out of, yeah. they got connections through Live Nation, so I'm bugging him constantly for free tickets for Dude, comedy shows. It's okay, this is what we're gonna do. Uh, basically, every anybody you want, you have. I'll put Corey Castle on the list. If you want a plus fifteen, you have a plus fifteen. <laughs> okay. If you want a plus ninety two, you have a plus ninety two. Was it October fourth? You said October fourth is a Wednesday. Uh, it is a Wednesday. Right, you know Robert Kelly's gonna be there the night after that. Well, he, I know, right? I do, I do, I do know right. Bobby. He's yeah, dumbass, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I, I right. very much know Bobby. That's, um, that's pretty awesome. Man. I've done, yeah, I've done. Uh, you know what, dude? Like, I got like five or six shows on. You know, oh, you're on, dude. you're on that podcast. I was on so I, many. I, if I even tell you my resume, you're gonna be like, why do I know you? <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, man, I already know you. I know that's the weird thing about it's weird. <laughs> I, I subscribe to that podcast, but I. Don't go, go, really go, ever listen to it. Go if you if you if you ever go in there, go to through the search, type in Chris Cotton. I'm on a nice chunk, mm-hmm. and they're actually pretty hilarious. <laughs> Not saying that because I'm on it, but they were good episodes. You yeah, know what I yeah. mean? Uh, you know how like when you know you want to burn like mm-hmm. a bar. It was like one. It was one where it was me, 
Keith, Marina Franklin, mm-hmm. and uh, Rich Voss, and we were just everybody. Just and Monroe was on there too, I think. And, we, okay. and everybody just had moments where they hit the zone, and it was it was a good time. That's pretty awesome, man. Dude, yeah. I, I, like I said, I've been privileged to do a lot of stuff, and and blessed to do a lot of stuff, and I know a lot of people personally. I got weird numbers in my phone. So, <laughs> well, well, I'm glad you and I are friends, and this to me feels like. This brought us closer. This is the oh, longest no, yeah. conversation one on one that you and I have had. And I hope that we I'm can have no liquor in my system. That's like... <laughs> well the last time <laughs> we on, might have had a lot not, not on a podcast, but like you know, you know, last time we really got to talk was <laughs> yeah. back when we were at the Raven. Right. And you know what I mean, yeah, then you'll get me outside well, and we'll start talking jokes I mean, and I'll be licking. We've out. probably both evolved very far since then. Yeah. Um and it's only gonna continue to grow. And I, you know, you got me as a connection anytime you wanna Anytime you want to do anything like th- that I'm involved with, you're there. And, uh, you know, if you ever want to talk about anything, I'm always there. Dude, if this you, is, you know, I'm, a, I'm easy, man. You call me whenever. <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, if you're around here and you need a place to crash, I got, I got a pretty comfy couch. Hey, if I ever get kicked out from the lady, I got you. I know who to call. That, that, that's a connect you need. <laughs> hey, yo, remember that thing you said about the couch thing? Yo, bro, I'm already, I'm in route, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, for serious though, fo- follow my friend Chris and uh, keep up on his career. He's going some places and uh, at least a Wawa tonight. <laughs> going to Wawa <laughs> at least. <laughs> <laughs> Check out his comedy. Come out to Punchline on on the fourth. And uh, if you want tickets, you come to me. I'll figure it out. That's the plug. The plug is Corey. So if you want, if you want tickets, he'll pass me your name, or he'll put you as a plus, and you got to come under his name. That's cool with me. October fourth. It's the next next Wednesday. Cool. I'm excited. Um, for for sure, this is the kind of thing I say all the time. But uh, Al Snow's got a, a clothing brand that now I'm a sponsored athlete on his clothing brand. It's called. Collarandelbowbrand.com. If you go there, pick out one of those really cool shirts he's got. They're really, uh, they're awesome. And uh, when you pick one out, you go to checkout, and in your checkout, you put in the promo code Castle with a K, and you'll receive ten percent off your order. Uh, if you go on to Teespring.com, enter in Corey Castle or Wrestle Rock, and you'll see a whole bunch of different T-shirts. And uh, Thanks for joining me, and Chris, you're lovely. I love you, man. Thanks for coming. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Keep on evolving.